The intermediate line-off is a language and concept warning for the entire show. The opinions of the guests may not be shared by the opinions of the Intermediate Line podcast. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by NervousWater.com.au. Thomas & Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Fly Reels and Colin Fly Line. Powerpole, Total Boat Control. Ketterfly Apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Welcome back to another episode, folks, and I'm here this week joined with uh, my my friend from Alabama, Sam Sumlin. How are you, Sam? I'm good, man. Nice to meet you, Chris. Finally get to talk. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, interacting for a little while now. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of your of your of your, um, of your flies and your fishing and stuff like that. And it's uh, you know a lot of it a lot of it I can relate to from what we do here as well. Um, but why don't we start off and uh, and just because so people can play along on their phones and social media and stuff and um, and talk about you know um, Space Coast and where they can find you what it's what it's about. Yeah, um, our online our online site is uh, spacecoastflies.com. You can find us on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Space Coast Flies. Um, my personal is at Sumlin Visuals. Um, and uh yeah we do custom flies we sell uh materials uh we do fly tying videos fly fishing videos um so you can find us any of those places yeah yeah so uh i mentioned earlier that um um you're based you're, you're based in alabama right yes yeah gulf shores uh right in the northern gulf of mexico uh we border i'm like 15 minutes from the from the florida border in pensacola Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I didn't know that they launched spacecraft from there. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 nope, not here. Uh, that's so way up north the, and then over in uh, Cape Canaveral. What's the deal with the name? Uh, so it's myself and uh, my business partner, Ian. Um, he's in Merritt Island, Florida, which is the Space Coast. Uh, he started Space Coast Flies. Um, I've been in it from the beginning. I helped build the initial website um because that's what i do for a day job is uh web design and digital marketing and um so when he got started i helped him with all that and then uh pretty much from day one uh i've been a big part of it and uh quickly got into tying and uh the whole business side with him there so uh we grew up here in alabama together um he moved actually we both moved to the space coast uh i ended up coming back and uh, he's still there, so that's where the name Space Coast comes from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where whereabouts in um, Alabama did you say? Did you say you were? Like, if because uh, I know that a lot of people, and I'm going to probably do the same thing. Is uh, 
going to get on Google Maps and, and check it out and just really – you don't have to give us your address, just just the area, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I'm in Gulf Shores, G-U-L-F, Gulf Shores. Um, Gulf Shores, Orange Beach. Uh, we only have 34 miles of coastline yep. uh, on the Gulf here in Alabama. Um, so that that's home. I'm born and raised here. Uh, like I said, we border um, Pensacola, Florida. Most people are know where Pensacola is. Yep. Uh, so right here, right in the middle of the Northern Gulf. We had um we we had Jamie Howard on the on the show recently, and um and that's where I pegged um that location X was was around, but uh, he he um he didn't give it away, but apparently I was wrong. Uh, but okay. anyway, yeah. Do you know anything about that? Uh, maybe further east. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe somewhere in the Panhandle. Yeah. Well, probably. Um, <laughs> I just noticed I seen uh, I seen a look at the maps. I seen a place called uh, Mexico Beach. I wonder if that's got anything to do with the mariachi band at the end of that video. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's um, actually where Ian is from. He's from Mexico Beach. <laughs> oh, there you go. Cool. Yep. Good tarpon fishing there. Yeah. Yep. I've never done it over that way. I got friends in Apalachicola, um, but yeah, there's there's a excellent fish, fishery over there. A um, little different than here, really. I mean, very similar, um, but still a little bit different. We're kind of like in between the Louisiana red fishery and marsh, and then like the rest of the Panhandle. Uh, okay. We're kind of like kind of where it where it blends, or where the water turns dirty. <laughs> we're actually <laughs> <Okay>. that line. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Yeah, man, you're right on the water there, aren't you? Where, where you're at? Yep, yep. Just a Good small place. island here. Good place to be a fly tire, to be um, testing what you're doing. Yeah, and surprisingly, like, fly fishing, I don't want to say it's new here, but growing up, I fished my whole life. Um, I'm about to turn 40. Um, uh, fished my whole life here. I never saw anyone fly fish other than a good friend of mine. Uh, growing up, and I used to make fun of him for fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs> what and, a nerd! Uh, yeah. And look at me now. Look at yeah. me now. That's all I do. <laughs> so. Man, it's um, yeah, that's cool, man. It's um, uh, that's interesting that you don't see because you know, um, fly fishing is seems to be when you when you're in Australia, looking at uh, at the U.S. as far as um, the fly fishing culture there, it looks huge. You know, like it looks looks huge, and and yeah. I mean, it looks to me like you're in um in drum capital there right between redfish black drum um yeah speckled trout all that sort of stuff looks like yeah, a we, pretty we have a yeah we have a very diverse fishery here everything from you know blue marlin offshore to you know redfish and bass and everything inshore so uh yeah it's really diverse we got a little bit little bit of everything yep it's um it's a really um common thing on the on the i noticed on the coast when i look at the maps there you guys have got like this um like this almost like this barrier coastline that um that creates these lagoons that run parallel with the actual coast yep um that's a is that the sort of places that are like you know you're you're fishing it seems to be like there's a cut through with all these sort of things are these sort of places where you find you know your um the fish that you're chasing or you or do you need to go offshore absolutely we do find um we find fish in those lagoons and bays. Um, we do fish the Gulf side if it's calm enough to get our skiffs Gulf side or if it's calm enough to walk the beach. Um, we do a lot of fishing in the surf. Um, like I said, it's really diverse. So we fish everything from our coastal estuaries and rivers. Um, and then, you know, like I said, the same day we can run offshore 
you know, catch king mackerel or amberjack or red snapper on the fly too. So yeah, uh, we we do fish all of that water, but like you said, those those inlets and everything, those are definitely like hot spots. Those are really good places. At, you know, the mouths of the bays are really productive. Do you get do you get swell in the Gulf there? Like, I mean, could could people surf there if they wanted to? Yep, I actually um I grew up surfing. Uh, uh, still do. Uh, I managed a surf shop for ten years um, before I left to start my other business. Yeah, no um, shit. So cool. surf surf yeah. my whole life. A lot of wind swell. Um, you know, it's kind of sucks to be a surfer and live here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but we get we get just enough to you know scratch the itch. Uh, it's actually going to be like it's really windy. Um, about to be really rough for the next couple of days, so I'm looking forward to that a little bit. Uh, we do get some like hurricane swells when we get the tropical systems in the Gulf. Yeah. Uh, the surf the surf can get really good. That's when we get like ground swell, some like longer period ground swell. But most of the time we just have like wind swell and chop. Uh, so yeah. surfing's Beach limited, breaks. but you know, like I said, I manage the surf shop. So there's uh, there's more than anyone would ever think in Alabama. Oh shit! I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. It's uh, I was kind of expecting to hear like uh, you know, well, the way you described it is not that surprising to me. But just to to, to have it surfable there, I suppose is um, yeah. I'm just looking at it. like a lot of beach breaks. It got some you got some groins and stuff like that. Some from river mouths or rock walls and stuff. I guess that would break along, but. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we surf our jetties. Uh, you know, main break here is is the Alabama Point jetties. That's our Perdido Pass. And then um, uh, we have a couple piers that we surf at as well with good sandbars. Uh, I have a little Instagram called Surf Alabama um, that we've been running for years and years that we just throw surf photos up. So you can actually take a look there and actually see, like, that there's actually real waves here. <laughs> I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to check that yeah. out after, after the show for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you're talking about um, uh, growing up in the area and stuff. What's your um, what's your what's your fishing history like? It's so hell. Like uh, what I want to lead up to is your fly fishing. But I'm I'm just really interested to know with people in the industry, you know how how um how they got to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew. I can fish as long as I can remember. Uh, I can't remember a time when I didn't fish. I grew up. Uh, you know, dad took me fishing. Uh grandmother took me fishing uh we grew up on the water here so all, all we did was you know surf fish and spearfish um that's all we did uh it's all it's still all we do so um yeah i've been fishing forever i actually did not find fly fishing like i said i had a friend uh that always fly fished some growing up uh and i used to laugh at him uh <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty funny story i used to laugh at him all the time now he gives me a bunch of shit for it um <laughs> but uh you fish well, yeah, that dude I, still? Yep, yep. Uh, Chris Vecce, he's actually he should probably be on this podcast because the dude is just a wealth of knowledge from uh, from offshore, inshore, fly fishing, uh, blue water fishing, conventional fishing. Um, yeah, pretty amazing uh, fisherman there. But um, yeah, I used to laugh laugh at him like, "What do you do?" And I think I tried it a couple times when I was like really young. I was like, I just you know I just didn't understand it. Uh, you know, like growing up, you'd see like Walker's K Chronicles and stuff on TV, and it was so cool. Those guys were catching bonefish on flats, and it was never like, other than him, it was never like presented in a way here like that it was possible. You know, like you just never, you never saw it. So um, you didn't see people fly fishing for redfish here. Like I said, you know, maybe it happened. It's just not a widely known thing until as of recent. Um, it's really, really taken off here in the last. Um, three or four years 
I picked up a fly rod maybe six years ago. And I think I did just because uh, I got just so tired. Like I did the natural progression, you know, fished, you know, live bait, dead bait fishing uh, growing up. And then I went to like a period where it was, you know, technical, artificial only spin fishing. Um, and then I just got to a point where I was like, I, got, I just need something new. Mm. Uh, and, I, and fly tying is really what like drew me into it. Just the reward of like actually tied my first fly before I ever picked up a fly rod. <laughs> so um yeah. just the what, uh what was the appeal there I, I i've always been like a creative uh personality uh like i said i'm a graphic designer um an artist photographer i've just uh i just think being able to create something um and it actually be like useful and have a purpose is really cool um yeah. and just the whole like real you know fit fly fishing hard enough um so it's super rewarding on its own but then when you catch you know, you can't go, I mean, I guess you can go make, you know, your own lures, um, but tying your flies is a much easier introduction. And it's like catching a fish on a fly that you tied is just, it's just something special to it. It's just super rewarding. Huh. So that, that like really like hooked me. There's, there's something interesting you just said there uh, this, that just resonated with me because like uh, I, uh, I, I got into fly fishing before I got into fly tying and the idea of, um, the idea of, of of tying something custom to that could replicate my observations on the water that gave me confidence I, that got me into fly tying, um, but I, you know I came from a um, a conventional background, fish and lures, uh, bait as a kid, then then all all uh, artificials. I could have easily made my own lures as well. I never thought of it till just then. It's a uh, it's really no excuse to get into fly fishing is to, to like mm -hmm. you know being able to <laughs> being able to make yeah. make your own stuff, but. Um, uh, but it's it's an interesting uh, observation as well, like in that you know for yourself and probably a lot of people like it's um, as a as someone I'm, I guess I got a very similar background, man. Like uh, I've always lived on the coast and lived on the water, and you know um, you know I, you know I, I surfed most of my life. Um, I don't anymore, um, only because like fly fishing is all, is all <laughs> well. I really should. I, I, like a, a lot, I, I got more mates that I hang out with from from surfing than I do with fishing. That's for sure. Um, uh, in my life, um, socially, they're involved with my family and all that sort of stuff, and they they always mm -hmm. say it to me, "Really, get you back out in the water." But fly fishing is just all consuming. You know, I couldn't I couldn't play golf, I couldn't do, you know, I couldn't play music, I couldn't do anything else. Fly fishing is just all all fucking consuming. It's 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 sad <laughs> in a yeah, way, but uh, it absolutely is. I fish but, all day, I tie flies all night. Uh, yeah, it definitely, just like takes a hold of you. There's um, no room. In the last few else. years of my life. Yeah, yeah, it's been dedicated. And even to the point where, like, you know, yeah, the people, your your family, like the people you're close to, they've they kind of got to understand. Or otherwise, it's uh, it's not going to work. You know, fly fishing is not for you. You know, in a way, yeah. I reckon. Definitely. But uh, it's a it's a natural evolution. I think it's I think it's natural. Like uh, like uh, there's there's you know, you and I are not are not alone in that. Um, you know, having a, having a, a um, an upbringing close to water. Uh. A, a, a history of fishing from from a young age uh an evolution from 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 you know bait to lures then then eventually to find fly fishing you know we're not alone in that it seems to be a nat natural evolution to want to to want to further challenge yourself or 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 increase uh potentially increase the reward i guess you could say you know we were absolutely you know as we we're talking we had a bit of a conversation off air like it's um you think to yourself many times, I think to myself, hey, so why the fuck am I doing this? You know, like after you've trod on your line for the millionth time or, 
you know, present there, present, yeah. finally put put that fl- like have have a shot, let's have a fish coming. You've been staring at sand all day, and then that one fish comes across, and then a bunch of grapes comes off the floor. You're like, what the fuck <laughs> am I doing with this? I hate this. Yeah. But then, um, it only has to come together once, then it's just it's just all worth it. You know. Yeah, I heard another podcast, uh, like a little local podcast, the other day, and it was a guide, and he's like a regular, you know, a conventional guide. And he said, I love having fly fishermen on the boat because they only have to catch one fish to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's so true, you know. It used to be like if we didn't catch, you know, 30 specks, it was a bad day, you know. like Yeah. And now it's like, if I can just get one redfish to eat, I'll be happy, you know. (laughs) So it's funny how that works. It's true, though. I like I genuinely feel that way. Like it's uh, the goal is the goal, you know. Like the goal is to go out and catch that fish that you've, tied flies for, selected a line for, selected a rod for, and the reel, everything that lines up, you've learned to cast, you know, that that fly in that situation to suit that species. To line that up and catch that species, that's yep. and to have it done and to put it back, um, you know, is is awesome. You know, that's that's enough. The goal is the goal. Like I mean, I I like to get that goal, get that fish, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I like numbers as well. You know, I'd uh, I'd definitely oh, like course. to catch a lot yeah for sure but that's uh, the holy grail you know when you can do both you can catch a lot the way you want to catch them <laughs> that's rare exactly the only thing better than catching one permit is catching two permit i believe yep. <laughs> <laughs> we only so, had permit here we actually do uh now the last few years they've actually been uh catching a few here on our beaches it's not like a oh, flats yeah. it's not like a flats fishing uh scenario you're not going to see them tailing on your flat or anything but they do um They've made their way up here on the beaches. Like a lot of the um, bait guys uh, in the surf catch one. I know one guy got one on a fly rod um, this year. So, oh, yeah, global awesome. warming bringing us something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where I live in Australia, we we get the same thing. We don't have uh, at the very front. It's not far for me to drive to find flats, but um, at the very front of where I live, it's on like uh, it. You know, it's like on the coast, like what probably like like what you got there. You know, it's a beach break. And there's plenty of surf there and stuff, but people catch them on, um, you know, cut pilchards or something like that, you know, or a, or a, mm-hmm. a, a beach worm or something like that. And, you know, they they always, they never know what they've got. You know, um, you know you, you'll see fly fishing will oogle over the picture in the paper of someone who's caught this huge, we've got a, we've got a species like not unlike your Pompano that uh, is like a subspecies that looks similar. And then when they, okay. when they catch a, when they catch a permit, they'll call it a, they, we call that a dart over here. And then, um, when people catch when people catch a permit, they'll be like, "Look at this giant dart!" You know, they they don't even know what they got. You know, it's um, yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. You know, and they hold they hold the fish up. Sorry, you're right. The fish you have is it a palometta? Is that what they're called? Um, it's a. I, I caught uh, some in uh, St. Thomas. Um, we were down in St. Thomas, and I caught these fish. I think it's called a palometta. Um, they have like longer fins, like a more uh. They have longer fins on their body, a little bit different shape than like a pompano, uh, but similar size, you know, like, you know, a couple pounds oh. is a is a big one. Well, I've just learned something there. I've been pronouncing pompano completely wrong then. Pompano, right? That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pompano. Got it. Um, um, <laughs> so, no, we've got two species here. Uh, one is, uh, one's um, um, uh, Trachinotus anak, and the other one is Trachinotus um, block eye. Um, um, okay. And... And um, you know, you guys have got Trachinotus um, fal- falcatus, I guess, and and the and the Pompano's are tra- tra- Trachinotus as well, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. 
um, the one that you're talking about there, what do you call it? That did you say? Uh, Palometa. Palometa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either, but um, uh, that's how I've known it. You might be referring to the block eye, and um, and although they're both, you know what, you know what we call here, or and like this, that's the species they get in the Seychelles, um, in the Indian Ocean as well. Um, we get it all the way around Australia. Um, they they are a different species to the Anax, and they'll perform differently as well. So um, I don't know if those palmetto would be like this, but like the block eyes, you know, you can make them chase uh, a, even a clouser or, or a crab fly or, you know, like um, you know, they'll chase something mm -hmm. stripped, you know, but but the Anax, yeah. you know, they won't. They Like if you start stripping a, like stripping a crab fly like it's a shrimp, They'll just take off like a scalded cat, you know. Like they, they are, they are so much more discerning, you know. As oh, okay. um, um, you know, they'll, you know, they, they um, they'll take a good hard look at a fly. Like they'll, they'll let the current turn them around while they're eyeballing it before they pick it up, you know, and things like that, you know. Whereas um, block eye can be just the same. I, I shouldn't take anything. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They're both, both challenging species. Um. When you speak to people like, say, you know, Mike Ward, um, who I've never spoken to, I should point out, but I've got friends who know him, and um, and they ask, they ask someone like him, uh, you know, uh, compare the annex to the to the Atlantic um, permit, you know, and, and most people will say like that that they that they they're just they're so similar and just just as challenging, you know. Um, mm -hmm. um, it's a, a, a the palmetto. I'd have to go Google it to see what to see what it is. Let yeah, me... they have they have like stripes, like a couple lines on their body. Um, oh, that does sound like a dot, actually. Palmetto. Could be like totally misspeak. We 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 have them here on occasion. Uh, they're pretty rare to see. I've seen them diving, and I've seen a couple of people catch them on the beach. Uh, we we target the pompano a lot uh, on our beaches, though. Like we'll walk the beach uh, and take the skiffs on the beach. Uh, I, I think they're a lot of fun on the fly. Like I said, they don't get big like permit, but but they can be a blast. But they will they will absolutely chase down a uh, you know like a bait fish pattern. Uh, yeah, okay. Really aggressive. I'm looking they're at like the little, palm. Little jack. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, like I mean, I'm gonna. I, there's probably people listening that are gonna look. I am by no means like um, I've got a lot of permit under my belt at all. You know, um, but um compared to some people for sure. And um, and when you talk about, you know, you hear that a common phrase when it comes to permit all around the world, like bring the jack out in, or as we say, he bring the trevally out, um, you mm -hmm. know, um, uh, because at the end of the day, I guess they are trevally species of stuff. And you'll get all species that will, will, will eat in a bizarre, unusual way that makes you question the, the point of throwing crab flies at them for sure. Um, yeah. 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 Um, um, I had a friend yeah. had, uh, you know, a pompano eat a gurgler um, this spring, you know, a topwater. So, uh, you know, and everybody thinks you have to throw a sand flea pattern and, you know, a heavy-weighted sand flea and it needs to sit on the bottom. And that's just, that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Are, they are a little jack. They can be very aggressive. There's times like, uh, you know, like like I was saying, like the, an anak, um, uh, for the majority of the time, probably won't chase down a clouser as an example but they can be that keyed in like to, to bait sources like i've i've heard of uh certain crab hatches if you like that have come flowing out of estuaries where the crabs have been surfing on the leaves and and annex will flip leaves over to try and tip crabs off them uh and 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 take crabs off the surface like that if you know what i mean you know 
Um, yeah. I hear of, um, you know, like I, then I then I hear of like you know permit in Mexico or, or Belize, um, and they'll be chucking floating crabs for those things, just just to lead fish. You know, like not not fish that are keyed into, uh, you know, crabs on the surface. As for example, like um, so, you know, like uh, there is a lot of diversity. I think there's still a lot to learn, um, globally with permit fishing for sure. You know, we can get get pretty one eyed. Uh, I mean, the evolution of the flies is a is a classic example. But be, before we get into that rabbit hole, I was just going to point out that I'm looking at a picture of a of a palmetto now that is mm-hmm. incredibly similar to what we have over here that we call a dart. For okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you were so to Google, I've seen, I've seen them here. It's really rare, but um, you know they are caught. Palmetto. Yep. Yep. And I caught you, some down there. Super aggressive. Super hard fighters for how small they are. Yeah. Uh, really cool looking fish. They're really happy to um, to eat a fly too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's like um, if you look up swallowtail dart, um, that's that's our fish. It's it's different, but very similar for sure. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got the what same is sort your, of um, like. What what's your typical? What's the uh, most common style of fishing you do? Is it flats fishing or is it uh, mangroves or is it backwaters? For me. Uh-huh. Um, Oh, see, that's that's an evolving thing. Like right now, um, my local, like it's where I've grown up, like uh, like right on the coast. It's a um, it's a great saltwater fishery. Uh, I've I, you know I've, I've lived in arguably my whole life. You know, like uh, my parents moved here when I was four, um, and uh, I've watched that place decline. Uh, when I, like I'm almost fifty now, and when I was in high school, they took the nets and the commercial fishing. I'm getting my point, but they took the, the nets and the commercial fishery out of this particular waterway, but it's never come back, you know, like it's, really? and, and even those guys were only, only netting mullet. They weren't interested in, you know, the predatory species that, that are desirable for anglers. The, um, the population that is, um, that is encroached on this waterway and the, de- and the surrounding development, you know, with, uh, housing developments and, uh, you know, water quality has diminished so much that, you know, I got I kind of got to travel um, a couple of hours now to 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 find fishing that it was say ten years ago where where I where I am now. So it's um, my fishing's evolving, I suppose, to what in that scene that scenario, it would have been mangroves and stuff like that. Now um, I'm still fishing mangroves, um, but I've got a lot more access to flats now. Um, um, I guess you could say, which I've always had, but I've never. I've always liked to fish ten minutes from home, you know, but now I can't. Yeah, it's just it's not the, it's just not the same, you know. And it's um, and there's a lot of people who've grown up around my around my age now that just don't even fish anymore because of the, you know, the um, the degradation of the fishery. You know, it's it's really it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like we're you know, in here in Alabama, um, we're going through the same thing. You know, it's it's not what it used to be, and it's mainly because like we're we're a heavy traffic tourist destination down here on this island. Uh, you know, we have white sand beaches, there's condos, you know, every inch of the beach is covered in condos um, and tourists. And it's just, it, even in the last five years, it's just like tripled, you know, traffic's getting crazy and there's just more and more people, you know, you had the, the big COVID boom and there's just more and more people with boats, more and more people on the water. Um, and it's just, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely changed things. We still yeah. have world world class fishing. You know, there's definitely days you go out there and it feels like old times, and it's like there's fish everywhere. And uh, 
you know, it feels great. And then there's other times where it's just like where you come home and you sit down and you go, man, that's not what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like it's n- not even close. Um, yeah. You know, not sure that yeah. there's, you know, that's probably never going to change because there's, you know, there's just more and more people. <laughs> the, well, the, the fish are too smart. Like they, they evolved yeah. to, they evolved to food sources. They'll move if there's no food. They'll evolve to water temperature. They'll they'll move if it's too warm or too cold. Uh, or, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like global warming's pushing species further, further into um, you know north for you guys, south for us. Um, and it's um, you know at, I think at the same time the fishing pressure, the recreational fishing pressure is so um, uh, under considered. Um, I mean, uh, good fishermen will always say there's too many people here. You got to get to where there's no crowds and stuff like that, but. But, you know, like you talk about the scenario of like what they say, 10% of people catch 10% of the or 10%. What is it? I can't remember the saying. 10% of, ang- of anglers catch 10% of the f- 100% of the fish or something like that or whatever it is. But, yeah. um, you know, there's that 90% of people that, that aren't aware of, of population. They'll just keep peppering and peppering a spot till it's into oblivion. They don't even care if they don't catch something. They're, they're the people that are just continually putting pressure on fish. And that that's never going to go away 100%. And, um, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's strange. Like well, I fish lakes as well for for impounded fish around here, um, and and that and they're a classic example of 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 an evolving fish as far as their intelligence is concerned to fishing techniques and 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 people. Um, you know that there's a we're going to lose a bit in 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 um in uh, measurements and, and and weights here, but there's fish in this lake, for example, that are you know around. I'm going to try and do it in in uh, imperial. Um, 40 inches, say, you know, but mm-hmm. you'll never see them. Like they get caught in um, fisheries sample nets when they're trying to do a census of population of size and stuff. That they're there, yeah. but you know, like the the you know, there's there's a there's there's a group of guys that, that I know that that fish these places really well, know know the species inside and out, know every every log in that lake, you know, and and they won't even come close to catching them. You know, it's 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 wild, you know. But um, but say 10 years ago, you know, like at um a fish like that wasn't impossible i guess you could say mm-hmm. it's still a challenging fish but uh you know i think that i think social media is like a double-edged blade in that respect it's really good um for the sport as far as getting people into it you can see results of any fish anywhere at any time in, in any part of the world that would encourage you to go if they're doing it i can do it but at the same time it's um you know there's a whole generation of, of crew that are learning their fishing through other people's results on social media which is understandable, given it's, it's you know like it's it's natural to take the path of least resistance, i.e., being spending time on your on your phone rather than time on the water, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's giving access to you know like information to people that have haven't necessarily had to earn it. Not that I'm complaining about that because I've also um, definitely used social media to be inspired to go and fish places that without social media I wouldn't have, wouldn't have heard of for sure. But you know it's just it's just a sign of the times. It just is it is what it is. You know, so, yeah. something's, something's got to give. I can't see the way you're talking sounds like what's going on there as well, but I can't see it getting much, much worse, you know, really the other day. Yeah, I feel like that. And I do feel like, like you said, it's it's a double edge, the, the social media. Um, you have people exploiting spots and everything, the YouTubers with, you know, 50 GoPros on their head, mm-hmm. um, you know, just exploiting everything. And then, but there's also like a huge push for conservation, you know, especially in the fly fishing community. Uh, you know, you see a lot more of that now, I feel like. So um, it will work itself out. Um, 
but these fish are definitely getting smarter. Um, just our fish on our flats here, uh, you know, you can just tell just their body language, just how they react to flies now. It's just, I mean, it, just two years ago, these fish, are, they're totally different. Mm. Um, and it, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to see, you know, just how that influx of people and people fishing can just, you know, change a fishery pretty fast. Yeah. I, I think the U.S. is, is you know, is leading the world as far as uh, conservation is concerned, as far as uh, an amalgamated voice of, of, of a type of angler, that being the fly fishing, like captains of clean water, the, the, the bonefish tarpon trust, you know, things like that. There is there is nothing like that in, in Australia at all. Really? Nothing at all. It's uh, it's look there. There are people that pose like that. I'll give you an example. There's um, there's a, a clean water body. I don't want to mention their name. I guess you could say they're an organisation. They put up a post the other week, talk saying, "Why does no retailer sell in 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 paper bags?" I guarantee, you if they did, their sales would go through the roof. One of my customers tagged me because all all our brushes and bucktail go out in paper bags, uh, for, mm -hmm. for this very reason, and um, and tagged me. I said, "We've been doing this for you know, um, a couple of years now." it'd be great to get a shout out and like you know if you want to if you want to encourage this blah, blah blah nothing not even a like on the comment or anything like that they're just <laughs> they're just they're just poses mate they're just they're just yeah. no they they just say this to, to to make feel good comments to you know to to make them seem like they're these um green warriors but nothing gets done whereas these these organizations that i just mentioned in the u.s just are super proactive you know as far as what they do and educating anglers like you know the, the keep them wet campaigns and you know, like, uh, you know, not, not, not bringing tarpon out of the water now and uh, things like that. Like that's, that is incredible and it's incredibly inspiring, but you know, um, things are changing in Australia right now. Like, uh, as far as, um, you know, overfishing is concerned from, from, uh, from professional groups, I suppose they're, they're understanding the economic value of, of shutting places down to leave only recreational fishermen there. Um, so it is, it is changing, but it seems to be, having to go to a tipping point before anything gets done you know yep yeah i think that's the problem uh it just gets too bad before anything's done and we do have some you know some great causes here and some great organizations and our state does a good job with certain fish uh, you know like our flounder population got wiped out and they made changes in recent years and we're starting to see a lot more flounder um mm. you know you can i mean i see it firsthand because i'm on the water you know nearly every day uh, so it's, it, you know, that's really inspiring to see, um, you know, those changes actually, you know, doing good, but it's like, why did we let it get so bad before, yeah. you know, someone spoke up and that's, that's the problem, but hopefully we'll get there one day to where, you know, we'll start speaking up before, I know Louisiana's going through that with their red fishery, you know, um, you know, they're, they're fighting over there to, to get some changes made, uh, before, before it goes away. But the problem is, I suppose, that, that people's people's voice seems to only get come through social media, I suppose. And then you've got, like, I've seen people in a particular area in Australia complain, like, talk about it to, you know, government agencies or, or governing bodies on their social media groups going, you know, there's nothing here. But then you'll get people that are interested in not closing down the fishery who go, oh, you just need to learn how to fish better. I'm catching plenty of fish. And, you know, I guess, you know, the, the, the people that are making these decisions aren't necessarily, or at least here, aren't necessarily interested in um, anything more than votes potentially. And when they've got a conflict and, and no weight to one side more than the other, I guess it's just going to take an, an environmental group to come in and go, Hey, you've got, you've got 2% of the original biomass here. And if you don't do something, your name's going to be mud for the next election. 
you know, and that's yeah. that's sort of how how it goes about, really, I, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. It is. Tell me, um, like do you guys said, it's still get it's still world class at times, and I think that's what throws people off. You know, they see videos. You know, post a video, yeah. and it's just like, oh my god, it seems like the greatest fishery in the world. You know, it's not. It doesn't do it every day, though. That's for sure. Well, it's like social media. All we're seeing is people's highlight reels, aren't we? You know. Yep. I personally yeah, why don't. Why would we show the bad stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I personally don't take pictures of sunsets, so people wouldn't yeah. know when I don't. Up, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. sign. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna have to start taking pictures of it. I'm learning. I'm learning a whole new area. It's just. It's, I'm just. I'm just eating shit for. Um. Uh, you know, a few weeks really. It's. Uh. It's coming together. It's just. You know. New area, you go somewhere and it's, it's you know, you think, oh, if the tide, if the, if the tide was doing this three hours earlier, it'd be so much better or, you know, whatever, or oh, I didn't know that sandbank was there or, you know, whatever, you know, like just, just learning a whole new area. Um, it's good. It's, uh, I don't mind doing that if, um, you know, if there's no one else there, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you yeah. humble. Well, yeah, it's, um, got to uh, strike and, out. I strike out more times than I want to admit. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, we've been um, we've been um, on this podcast. We've said things like you know, donuts are essential. You know, like getting catching nothing is is what builds you know success really. And um, and I've watched other people you know say, oh yeah, we need yeah no, like uh, be criticised for that that opinion. But I think you'll find that most successful fishermen, fly fishermen or conventional fishermen or any fishermen, you know, will will let you know that like you know, there's um. There's so much to be learnt from from failure, you know, or anything in life, really. At the end of the day, but um, you know, you've got to fail to build from there, really. At the end of the day. Um, oh, abso- absolutely. If it if it worked, you'll never try anything new, you know. Yeah. If if you keep, you know, I mean, of course, it's great. I wish I could go out and catch fish every day, but uh, like you said, those days that are a struggle, they they keep you coming back, and they keep me on the vice, trying to come up with something new that they'll eat, or you know, uh, definitely keeps things fresh yeah yeah absolutely i'm looking at your um your profile picture here um on 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 the on what we're talking about on the platform we're talking on right now you got a picture of a jack creval there right that's a yep. have i pronounced that correctly jack creval yeah jack, so. jack creval yep uh tell us tell us about those like they seem to be like a, a really underrated species or gaining more popularity in recent years but um in previous they've they've, they've been really underrated i've got no fucking idea why they look awesome yeah, I have no idea why. Um, that always just baffles me when people turn their nose up at them. Um, you know, you always hear like the comparison, like them versus GTs, because I guess because they're so similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, they're, you know, incredibly aggressive, hard fighters. They're beautiful fish. Um, probably, I mean, they're they're one of my favorite fish, if not my favorite fish to target with a fly rod. Uh, it's been a phenomenal jack season here on the coast we had a, a lot of really calm days where we get the skiffs in the gulf and there's just schools and schools of big ones um so it's it's been really good uh we got some footage up there put the drone up a couple of times to see like the schools doing uh like the big vortexing the uh circle each other i think that's a spawning thing i'm not sure um mm-hmm. uh but man they're just watching those things eat a popper is just something special you know like they'll fight over it um did the gts like school like that real heavy uh um, i feel like i see them like a lot more a lot more like solos and pairs on yeah, videos they can 
I guess. Um, you know, it, it, you're right. It's not a common sight at all. You, you're mm. absolutely correct in saying that. You know, like you'll find you'll find groups of them um, that will arguably best described as being in the same area as opposed to being a school. I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah. But you know, like you'll find. I mean, a, a school a school of GTs on the on the flat. Uh, you know, would you know a, a pack of two or three. Is um is relatively common. A single is probably more common than that for sure. Um, I've seen them. I've seen them on Christmas Island in 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 packs of like you know up to ten like decent fish. You know like probably you know forty fifty pound fish. Um, but um, uh, yeah, well, we you know, schools, we, obviously they get a lot know, bigger. Sorry, fifty. We have like schools fifty to a hundred fish. Um, I saw a school the other day that had to be several hundred. Uh, I was fighting fish, and all I could feel was the other fish in the school hitting my line <laughs> as they were passing by. I just kept thinking like they were going to break me off or break my fly, fly line because they're all 25, 30-pound fish. And it was just a constant the whole time I fought the fish, you know, 15, 20-minute fight. I'm just watching these fish swim by, and it's, it just never ended, you know. Um, <laughs> it's pretty amazing, you know. I mean, you could throw – when they're like that, you can throw your shoe in there, and they'll eat it, you know. I mean, they, they eat everything. Um, and then – that's 90% of the time. And then occasionally, like, I don't know if it's, you know, they've been thrown at earlier in the day or they're acting a certain way. They'll be frenzying. And we had a school of fish. I mean, they're blitzing, running into the boat, throwing a big fly that we catch them all the time on, and uh, they wouldn't touch it. Yeah. Uh, you know, 10 good casts into a blitzing school won't touch it. And then switch to a popper, they eat it immediately. Um, wow. So they, they can be, you know, as, like, as predictable as they are sometimes they're not and then sometimes like if you find those fish uh you know they do get on our flat sometimes or they do break away you'll see a pair or you know uh a single and those are the fish that are really hard hard to get to eat a fly uh like the big solos can be a lot trickier they you know they don't have that competition with the school yeah that that's what i was interested in because i like i've seen the footage of the schools that looks really fun um for sure like uh um, you know, the footage you guys have put up, another guy we've had on the podcast here that Yako Lucas, he's, you know, in mm-hmm. Texas, he's, he's, he's put up great footage of, of, um, of Jack Craval as well. I think he's got a, a vid coming out with, for Jack. Yeah, Craval. I think so. I'm really excited. Cause I know like he's, he's big on pushing that. Like, you know, of course he has tons of experience with GTs. And so that's cool to see like him give Jack's that type of love, you know, and he's like, these guys won't go fish for jacks but then they'll spend you know 15 grand to go to the seychelles to catch a gt that you know is so similar it's just strange that they won't fish for them in their own backyard but i think that's changing you know like it's definitely getting popular here um you know i saw a lot of skiffs out recently here and that's an uncommon sight to see several skiffs fly fishing at the same time and you know we get our big our big bull red fish uh, mix in with those jacks too so that gets that gets really fun when they're all out there together. Maybe you guys should just change the name to Travali Craval. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they uh, Traval. Uh, Redneck GTs. That's what we call them. Redneck yeah. GT. <laughs> you know, poor man's GT. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, man. They look, they look every. Have they got? Have they got the scutes on the tail as well? Um, what is that? So GTs have got like a row of like really sharp. Um, they, they, I don't know. They're not, they're not spikes. They're just like a, like a, like a, like a, like a beak, like a bird, like a, uh, like a talon, I guess you could say it's pretty good. Like a row of talons. They call them scutes. Um, 
down the down the tail, like down the tail, like close to the tail. No, spot. You can't. I just have like they have like one kind of spike at the at right where the tail V's. Yeah. Um, but they don't have a row. I'm just noticing that picture you're holding it with bare hands on the tail. There's, um, that's why I asked if it's got they got scoots because yeah, no. it's uh, yeah, you can't do that with GTs. Well, you could, but you you oh, know you you risk cutting your hand. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, these don't hurt you too bad. Uh, like I said, they have like one kind of knob or, or a little spike there right where the tail V's, but, um, you know, you can handle them. Uh, they mm. do have like some small teeth or anything, you know, some, but they won't hurt you. Mm. So, but they're strong. I mean, I would imagine, I mean, this is the hardest fighting fish that I know of, you know, they're, they're just brutal. Like they're relentless. They get both sides and like I said, it's my favorite fish. And then you go catch one and you're, you're like, okay, I think I'm done for the day. I'll just watch somebody else. Uh, yeah, because they can be, you know, they're just so tough. Yeah, that's all. I mean, they look it. They, every every bit, they look super interesting to me. That's for sure. I I I I and um, it it's disappointing to hear people talk badly of them. You know, like, given given how fun they look. That's for sure. It's uh, I tell you what though, we um, we probably uh might be a bit hypocritical with that because um, in in Australia, what we what you guys call false false albacore, we call mac tuna. Um, mm-hmm. because they they got that little mackerel looking barring on them and stuff, I guess. It's um, um, and we call them vermin, but I watch them. I I see them re- revered highly in the U.S. from a lot of fishermen yeah. and stuff. And well, there's here, no- like people look down on them a lot. Here, I love them. Like I love you know I love catching one on fly rod. Um, you know we get them close, like in skiff range in the Gulf, and uh, we've caught quite a few recently. They're not they're not big, you know, like little football size uh fish but they're you know i mean they put you in the backing so fast it's like what what's not to love <laughs> I, I agree i i like it's um you know uh like i'll i'll be i'm sure i've been gone on recording saying oh vermin but it's just a fun thing to say but like you know i love going out and catch them as well i reckon they're, they're fun you're right they'll they'll um they'll stretch your backing out for sure yeah that's how we are that's how we talk about lady fish the uh, lady fish i don't know if you have them there <laughs> Uh, uh, we got them here. It's actually uh, I I've actually hate them. <laughs> the one the one note that I brought to the uh, to the to the interview here was in regards to uh, the the I'm sure you know the meme that you put up on yeah. on this. <laughs> Holy rolly, I yeah. laughed my guts out when I saw that man. I thought that was so funny. Uh, obviously, a lot of other people did too. That was um. Man, I can't believe like how many people saw that thing. I made it. I thought it was funny. You know, I was like, oh, some people will laugh at this, and then like. My phone just lit on fire all night long. I think it was like, you know, 250,000 views or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, it's insane. I was like, man, <laughs> a, apparently apparently a lot of people can relate to this. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. It does. I mean, you could substitute the names of the, like, anything you're chasing that you desire. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. for something that's, that's a, like, that's just a, a pesky little critter that just is faster than what you're chasing, you know? And, um, but that happens, right? Oh, like, yeah. we, we call ladyfish over here giant herring. Um, okay. I don't know why we do that. I mean, I know in South Africa they call them ladyfish as well, you know. But um, uh, in Australia we call them giant herring. They they kind of um, they kind of they're 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 popular here. We we get them a lot bigger apparently. I, I believe. How big's what's the biggest? Man, la- I, la- I saw photos where it looks like you guys have them. They're like ten pounds or something. Oh, easy. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're huge. And yeah. uh, I mean, I've caught them like nearly the length of my arm you know here uh you know not not giants like i've seen over there but i mean they they get pretty decent size but nothing like there and was it like malaysia i see yeah. pictures they have like um 
some pretty giant ones, but I don't know if it's the same. I guess it's a little different species, but they look exactly the same in the photos. But yeah, they, I mean, they fight hard, they jump, they eat a fly every single time, no matter what you throw. Uh, you know, some people love them. They'll save a day if you're getting skunked, but they can absolutely ruin a day if you're trying to target something specific. You know, they, they will intercept a fly uh, before anything else can get to it. That's for sure. Yeah. They, uh, they, I don't know, the ones over there, will they make short work? Like the raspy mouths, they make short work of like 20 pound, you know? If oh, you've yeah, got that on. yeah, 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 yeah. They'll, they'll steal your flies. Uh, we have Spanish mackerel. Yep. Um, they can be a lot of fun. You know, I, I like the Spanish and the bluefish, but they will, you know, they'll destroy your flies and destroy your leader real quick. So bluefish. It, it can get super frustrating, you know, like when you're, you know, trying to target you know, redfish or speckled trout or pompano on the beach, and there's just, you know, 2,000 ladyfish everywhere. <laughs> I need to look up what you guys call Spanish Spanish mackerel. We, what we call king mackerel, you guys call uh, – what, what you guys call king mackerel, we call Spanish mackerel here. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so I do some spearfishing, and I see, like, the, the spearfishermen over there always have those uh, Spanish mackerel. It looks like our king, you know. Our Spanish mackerel don't get that big. Um, you know, most of them are, you know, a couple pounds for a oh, good okay. one. I see they, um, uh, we, we call them, uh, they call, we call them spotted, spotty mackerel here. Okay. Uh, they look, well, they look very similar to spotty mackerel. They look like a, uh, shark mackerel too. We get here too. It's weird. They're, they're like a, they look like a different, a slightly, just a slightly different speed. Kind of like, um, uh, if you were to put a, a similar, I know Atlantic tarpon gets so much bigger than, than Indo-Pacific tarpon, but if you were to put um an atlantic tarpon next to a indo-pacific tarpon of the same size uh, mm -hmm. a little bit harder to, you can tell they're different but they're um yeah but they're um but they're very similar as well that's what these look like compared to spotty mackerel to us yeah I we, guess. we just have the um yeah just the spanish and the kings and i know like i've caught down in the keys i've caught uh zero mackerel uh we don't get those up here though how do you spell that how do you spell uh, zero c-e-r-o I believe they have like a defined line down their side. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I've only caught a couple down there. Um, oh yeah, very very similar. They look like um, oh, I don't know. They, I mean, they definitely look like a match. Well, we got a a a tuna species here called a Watson's leaping bonito, and um, they don't get very big, but they look like that. They got they got yeah, a, we these call got, our, those... um, sorry, you know, we that's we call bonita. Uh, everybody here calls bonita. Um, you know, false albacore. We call them bonita. Ah, so, gotcha. Yeah, yeah these you don't hear the term albacore around here. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, the zero the mackerel. They got um, white flesh. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty clean. I know, like the, um, like I said, I've only caught a couple down in the in the keys. Like the, um, definitely the meat on the uh, Spanish mackerel is a lot cleaner than like the king mackerel. King mackerel gets that like real gray meat. It's not near as tasty as the Spanish are. Oh wow! Okay, that's yeah. um, that's that's odd to hear. Like the the Spanish Spanish mackerel here or the king mackerel here, like they're they're delicious. They're awesome. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder I mean, a lot of people eat them here. I'm I'm not a huge fan. Um, yeah. People smoke them and and uh, uh, it can it can be pretty good, but it's definitely not one of my favorites. I'd I'd rather keep something else. Yeah, I think when you mentioned smoking in in a fish. That's uh, that's a red flag for me. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no smoking smoke fish it. over there. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we you will, but uh, for things that just 
you know, that probably shouldn't be kept in the first place, you know? It's, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the king macro here. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's really interesting the 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 comparison of species. Um, one uh, one thing I want to talk about here because of um, you know your your fly selection through with Space Coast, it's very um, uh, estuary centric, I guess you could say. Like it seems to be like uh, um, yeah. a lot of the fly style you you guys tie with your um, you know your Quan type style, Merkin style sort of flies and stuff. It seems quite um, estuarine centric. Is that is that fair to say? Do you think? Yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, you know, we carry a variety, but definitely like, you know, um, you know, redfish, black drum, snook, juvenile tarpon, like those are kind of our, our specialties, you know, that's what we fish yeah. for the most. Um, and so those are the style flies that uh, you probably see the most of, even though we do carry everything from like bonefish flies to offshore flies. Yeah. Um, but the bulk of it and the bulk of our sales is going to be, you know, redfish style, like redfish crack style flies. Yeah. Uh, Quan style flies. Really like, um, I'm a big fan of like hybrid flies, you know, where it'd be like a bait fish shrimp hybrid or a crab shrimp hybrid. Um, you know, it's not necessarily like particularly one exact style of fly. Um, uh, but we fish, you know, those hybrid patterns a lot. Uh, and they're really, they're really effective. Uh, you know, in our fisheries, both here and on the Space Coast. Um, I think that... Sorry, you're on. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I think, um, you know, I think I think as a fly tire or a fly designer, um, achieving a caricature is, um, is, is, is the, best, the best way to approach fly design and fly tying. I mean, um, you know, there's not, a, there's not a crab alive that looks like a quan, you know? It's... Um, yep. You know, so I mean, like realistically, I mean, you put two you, as a human, you put a you put a live crab sitting next to a uh, a, a hot pink quan. You know, it's um, it's not the, not the same thing. You know, like all we can do really is understand the triggers of the species they're chasing and and, and tie um, a caricature that um, that appeals to their um, ability to make a positive prey ID. And sometimes that might be a reaction. Um, or it could yep. be stimulating a, a sense that we know that they used a hunt, be it vibration over sight or, or, you know, or with a popper, you know, like a, you know, like it's obviously that, that sound. Um, and, um, I think with poppers as well, like it's, it's, it's un, it's a real risk for a fish to break the surface of the water. So they've kind of got to make that decision from, from far away, you know, whether they want it or not. Um, absolutely. So it's, um, so, you know, it's an effective way to catch fish as, as well. Not just a, not just a gimmick, but, um, you know, the, a lot of the styles that you guys tie, you know, cross over to a lot of the stuff that we do here as well. I suppose it's um, it's quite universal. You guys have seem to have like a really um, um, pragmatic uh, for the for the. For, I should probably center this around the flies that 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 you and your partner tie, right? That um, have a real <laughs> pragmatic approach to offering flies that um, that are effective for you guys. Essentially, you guys sort of stay in your lane for for what what you off what you guys tie i i, I need yeah. to sort of be real clear with that because i know that you guys like you just point out you guys offer a, a huge range of flies space coast flies is a great hub for anyone who's going there to um you know you could you could shop there exclusively and 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 feed your family i'm sure you know but um but as far as what what you do to time for you, yourself would you would you guys consider yourselves to be um that way inclined like quite pragmatic as your fly fly time definitely 
Definitely. I do think, you know, we, we do stay in our lane uh, of what we know, what we fish, you know, um, you know, we're not permit fishermen. We don't have permit uh, where I live and where he lives. Like, why would we go out and, you know, we carry flies from guys that are those guys. Um, so that's why we've like expanded, you know, we stay in our lane and, you know, with our fisheries, uh, whether it be like the central East coast and then, you know, here on the Northern Gulf, like I know my fishery and I know the flies that work and that's, that's what, you know, of course I like to experiment and tie, you know, flies for other areas, you know, fly tying is just fun like that. But for the flies that we make to sell, we try to perfect this. And if there's a fishery, you know, that we're not covering, we try to find that guy, you know, that's why we, you know, we, we reached out and we have a, you know, what we call a collective and, uh, you know, we bring in flies, you know, small batch custom flies that we release, you know, you know, we put up new flies every Friday and they can, you know, we have a bunch of different tires and we go, you know, what are you good at? What's your fishery? And then, you know, we try to get those guys that tie those specific flies and they're a totally different style than ours. Um, and so that's like kind of how we, you know, we keep things fresh on our site and we try to have something to offer for everybody. Um, because if we just sold the flies that work for us, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna translate across everyone's fishery. So we do try to, you know, branch out. That's how we branch out with, with other tires to get there. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely, you know, definitely stay in our lane for what we mm -hmm. do, uh, you know, and try to perfect that and expand on, on the selections there. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, we've mentioned, you've mentioned, brought up your, your redfish fishery uh, where, where you're at there a few times now. Uh, I, I'd like to learn a little bit more about it because I, I've seen that, um, you know, redfish, redfish are, have got a diverse um, environment that you can, you can catch them in. Like the, the, the schools, those bulls like offshore to, you know, like, um, you know, flooded grasslands and stuff like that from, from mm -hmm. other, I'm not for sure if that's what you got there, but What's um what's the situation you guys have got there? We have a little bit of everything. Like I said, we're kind of like the in between between what you think of or what most people think of, like Louisiana marsh. We do have some marsh areas, and we do have that style of fishing, like in our delta and some of the marsh down near the coast. Um, but we also have like you know sand and like white sand and grass mixed flats uh, in mm. clearer water. And then, of course, we have, you know, the schools of bulls that, you know, roam the beaches and, and will stack up certain times of the year, uh, you know, spring and fall. Like right now is is really good um, to, you know, those bulls. They'll move into our bay system, but they're they're out in the Gulf a lot. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do is chase the birds and chase the big schools. Um, you know, they're just big, powerful fish. And like I said, you can catch them on a popper. So what's, you know, what's more exciting than that? Um but there's something special about, you know, getting, we don't have tailing fish, which is strange. It's very rare to see redfish tail in our area. And I don't know why they feed on crustaceans <laughs> still yeah. here. Um, but you, it's a rare sight to see. Uh, whereas you go to Louisiana, you know, or Texas, you'll see a bunch of tailing fish in the marsh. Um, our fish are there. They just don't act. They don't act like that. Um, you know, we do throw shrimp and crabs, but we throw a lot of bait fish as well. Yeah, okay. That's really interesting. Um, so I'm looking on the maps here, and I'm looking in um, – uh, oh, man, why do they make these words hard for foreigners to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> bon Secours Bay sounds like bon French. Bon yep. Is that, yeah. Did bon I say that right, secours. did I? Bon Secours, yep. Bon Secours, yep. 
Um, right, right by my house. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking right, right up when you go right up um, past past Mobile. Is it how do you pronounce it? Mobile. Mo- how do you pronounce that city? Yeah, Mobile. Mobile. Right. Okay. Yeah. Where you going up? Everybody says it some way different. <laughs> Mobile. <laughs> Mobile. <laughs> Uh, look, I should have started off with a caveat right at the beginning of the um, of the show and say I'm going to butcher every town that I pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> a, but um, look, the the system, the uh, the wetlands that, that extend up past the end of that bay look incredible, right? Yep. Uh, you, you get them up in in there in the, those estuaries and um, yeah, marshlands as well. Yeah, if you're looking at that map and you zoom out um, a few miles, I mean, there's there's redfish on every. I mean, we have redfish everywhere. Uh, like I said, they, they act different in certain situations, um, but they are everywhere. They definitely, um, there's definitely a lot of redfish in that area, uh, a lot of black drum in that canal system. Yeah. Uh, and in that marsh, um, actually, like, if you see the canal system that, you know, the intercoastal canal that, that meets right there, um, yep. Oyster Bay area, I work on that canal system and you'll see big tailing drum from the truck i've actually sight fished several from the truck i'll be driving to work and see a, a giant 30 pound black drum tailing on the rocks and then i'll pull over and get out <laughs> and pitch <laughs> no, the crab fly yeah <laughs> pretty special <laughs> that's awesome is that what happened uh, with that one you got on the uh on that flashcraft uh, mercules did you no, get out that was, be driving to work that was actually down in uh in the space coast that was in the indian river um we were pulling this flat and, and uh, working the mangroves, uh, mangrove line, and we were seeing snook and redfish. And then all of a sudden, like a friend of ours got snagged in a tree, and I was on the pole and I pushed him up there to let him get unsnagged. And I looked behind me and there was like forty black drum behind me. <laughs> oh so yeah. We we had bait fish on. Uh, Ian had a bait fish on, so we quickly he made a couple casts with that. wasn't going to happen. Swapped over to the. Uh, to the Mercules and it got inhaled first cast. <laughs> oh, nice! So, That's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. And then we got a tarpon to eat it. Um, we kept the crabs on because uh, we kept seeing those drum. And of course, I get on the bow and then there's tarpon rolling in front of me. Uh, <laughs> and I have a crab on and I cast it and uh, got a tarpon to eat the crab too. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard of a um, of a tarpon eating. Um, oh, not the Mercules anyway. You know, it's um. Yeah. That could be I a wish world I, first. Uh, yeah, I wish I had a photo. He he spit it on the first jump like like they do most of the time. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, he's delayed it. That's for sure. <laughs> I hear um, you know, like uh, black drum are, uh, are definitely an interesting. I mean, um, any, anything that eats in skinny water, no matter where it is in the world, is 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 very interesting to me for sure. But uh, black drum, seen uh, from what I hear, and correct me if I'm wrong, don't have the vision that like um that redfish do. So you've got to really put it on the money with those things like almost put a mustache on them right yeah yeah they they very rarely will track down a fly from any distance um usually it's got to be on the dinner plate in front of their mouth um so you're not going to be stripping fast usually you got to sit it right there and and let them find it um i don't understand that's another thing like we mentioned about the jacks and people not you know them not getting the credit they deserve I love black drum. I don't understand why they don't, you know, they're, they're harder to feed than a redfish in most cases. Um, you know, That's what I've heard. Like I said, they don't have that vision. You got, I mean, you have to feed them. Uh, you have to, you know, make good casts and not to say that some of them aren't dumb and, you know, eat it, but 
maybe they don't do blistering runs like a redfish does you know the fight's a little different but they're still a you know still like a tough fish to target with a fly and and they're challenging and you know and and they're big fish so um, yeah you know they're big and they're ugly but uh you know i still love them they're they're definitely a good challenge on a fly rod for anybody so if, if there's a black drum tailing i'm casting that up 100 percent of the time i'll never you know i'm never gonna pull past one without giving it a shot that's for sure yeah they uh i've i've heard um i've also heard that they 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 can they stink pretty bad right like it's um yeah yeah, yeah. they don't smell good <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. my my co-host he was is um i'm sure he's told the story on the podcast before but i don't know where he was i i'm sorry volts i can't remember where you were but it was somewhere in the states and now you know fishing for redfish and um and they had an opportunity to black drum, and and the guide at the time said you can catch it, but you're going to get out in the bank if you want to if you want to <laughs> pick that thing up, not bring it into my boat. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how I feel about the gar. We have a lot of gar, and oh, they yeah. stink. They stink way worse than a than a black drum, and then they also have teeth, and they're you know awful to handle. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the alligator gar, yeah. Yeah, alligator gar, and then we have like a spotted gar and a long nose gar. Uh, several types but yeah they're i mean i'll probably pass those up unless it's a giant <laughs> that's for sure uh, yeah, they they, can, uh, uh, i can still smell them i can still smell the last one i caught i swear <laughs> <laughs> do uh is there tales of them uh you know making contact with people and 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 really sticking them over and bleeding a lot with their teeth oh yeah yeah they definitely can those you know because if you don't grab a hold of them in the right way especially like the long nose gar and the spotted gar they have a really long mouth and a ton of teeth so if if you don't grab them just right he can turn around and grab your arm or your hand it's it can definitely be bad news uh, <laughs> really hard to get a hook into they have really hard mouths um so they, i mean they're pretty aggressive um they won't chase down a fly the ones here like the best luck i have if i just like put it right next to their head and don't move it much um you have to put it like they don't see it i guess very well in front of them that they'll turn to the side and eat it uh, pretty I've seen, interesting little creatures i've seen uh, people tie flies with with no hook and it just just knotted synthetic material and they get their teeth caught in it yeah yeah the rope flies um, oh is that what that's what they're called right eh? yeah gotcha. they just call them rope flies just a piece of rope tied on a hook um I, they work uh I don't throw them. To me, it's just like if that fish gets tangled up and then he breaks you off, that fish is dead because, yeah. you know, his mouth is sewn shut uh, with that rope fly. So uh, it's just something about that makes me not want to throw them. But, you know, people yeah, use them smart. and they definitely work. But, you know, somebody brought that. Actually, I tied a couple and then somebody brought that up to me. I was like, that's a really good point. You know, what's what's the point of doing that? You know, just try to get them to eat a normal fly. What, why would anyone target them? They, they, I mean, they don't sound like you can eat them. They don't sound like they go that hard. They're just a, what people just have an interest in catching for the sake of catching, like just a sport. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um, you know, and they can fight hard at times. Like some of the bigger ones, I've had some that are, you know, you know, four feet long and they'll jump. Um, oh yeah. So it can be exciting at times. It's just, um, but most of the time they're not. I've only caught one alligator gar. I caught that fish in Louisiana. I thought it was a redfish. It was laid up. And it was so muddy. I could just see a little bit of his back. And, uh, you know, those are, those get huge. Uh, you know, yeah. they get several hundred pounds, but 
we don't target them too much here. A lot of our uh, rivers have tons of the spotted gar, though. Um, they're kind of like a new, like when we target our baby tarpon, um, they're like a nuisance, like the ladyfish meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're they're all in the same areas. So that's um uh this is this is yeah, obviously salt water then yeah like because I mean alligator gar are freshwater aren't they? Yeah, they um we have a lot of brackish water rivers. Yeah. Um, it'll be brackish and then some spots are like fresh, like our, our redfish will go to where it's like fully fresh. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Our juvenile tarpon go up in these rivers to where, you know, you're, you're catching largemouth bass and, you know, tarpon or, and redfish and, you know, uh, bluegill and stuff all in the same spot. So, oh, you know, gotcha. pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that uh, Hong Kong has got a very decent population of redfish? Really? It's dead set, yeah, for sure. So they were um, they were imported as far as agriculture, uh, aquaculture uh, was huh. concerned, and um, and I believe for religious reasons, um, it might have been they might have been Buddhists. They they released them um, in an aggressive act because they didn't believe in what they were doing, and it and it created a, a wild population that is now recreational, if you like, and really. That, yeah, uh, I know that I've got I got I got a friend of mine as a customer, Carl. Shout out to Carl if you're listening. Um, and he's trying to figure them out. You know, they can catch them on on soft plastics and stuff down deep, but they're trying to um, replicate the techniques that you guys use over there without a lot of success. I don't think they've got the same sort of um, you know, oh geez, Volti's going to be stoked. I use this word, the same sort of benthic strata. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that uh, that you guys have got there. I don't think they can they can get them on mud flats and and um, lo, lo, lowland sort of areas and stuff. They get them. They got a lot of rocks and oysters and and you know just a, a weird sort of area. But um, I think they got to work it out how they how they normally do it. But yeah, man, have have a look at you know if you if you look at there's YouTube videos of people catching them in um in Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong like the islands like there's a there's a group of islands like there's some pretty um unpopulated sort of areas of hong kong I, I, this is my understanding and i could be i could be butchering that but i thought that that's that's pretty cool probably not long before they get into australia which would be incredible i'd be stoked yeah. got redfish here man they're they're an awesome fish like i said just like they're diverse in their own like i said you can you can be in the gulf and throw in at a school of you know 200 bull reds that are eating poppers and then you can catch that same fish on a flat and you know less than a foot of water with a crab fly you know everything from throwing you know eight inch poppers to them to throw in a little you know size one crab uh for the same fish it's pretty you know it's kind of cool just to see like you know fresh water salt water like you catch them so many different ways that's what keeps it interesting yeah they they, yeah they they sound yeah uh, yeah and they're a pretty uh wide distribution as well around the u.s right like they um except for the except for the uh, West Coast. Yeah, basically, like, yeah, from, like, the Carolinas, uh, you know, real popular in the Carolinas all the way to Texas, you know, so the whole mm. southeast is is full of redfish for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, interesting, eh? That's for sure. Um, I was going to say, what, what, are the, what, are the, uh, what are those big schools of bull reds doing? What, what are they – why are they doing that uh, and do they do it all the time? And, and uh, what, what's what, – why, why are they congregating like that? I know they do move offshore at times. Um we target them like spring and fall are probably like our peak seasons for them. Um, you can see it year round though. I don't know if it's a spawning thing. Um, 
Well, obviously not because they, you know, they, uh, I don't know exactly, but they don't, like I said, you can catch them almost every month of the year like that. Um, definitely the colder months, they school up more, at least in the areas we fish. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty wild, like how many of them you can see at a time. Uh, there's some really cool, I think we didn't get drone footage of them the other day. We got those jacks. Um, but they'll mix in with the jacks too. That's when they get super aggressive. But if they're in the school, they're they're super. You're gonna get bit. You know, it's like mm. it's pretty much assured that there's nothing technical about that fishing. Um, you know, they're gonna eat. Uh, but it's still probably one of my favorite things to do. You know, the whole thing is just like is finding them. Uh, yeah, they okay. Just, they kind of roam our beaches. So they're following bait mainly, then, right? Yep. Yep. Following the bait. You yep. know, you'll find the birds, um, you know, the birds usually lead you to them and, and there's, you know, there's definitely areas that we find them more than others. Uh, you know, usually near the passes, near the high current areas, mm. you'll find them schooling up, but that's just cause the bait's there. So bizarre for, for a fish that, you know, looks like it's been built to pick stuff up off the bottom to be, to be blitzing on the surface like that is, it's crazy. It's uh it's such a, yeah. that, that redfish that just seem to be. The, the ultimate in diverse fish going from freshwater to saltwater to schooling offshore to, to, to um, skinny water in, in, on flats to yeah, milling around flooded grass. It's, they, just, yeah. they just look cool as hell. Yeah, and like you said, they're built to eat stuff off the bottom. And it's, so that's why it's so crazy to watch them eat a popper. I, have the, I posted that video recently of the one going fully airborne on a popper, like a full breach. And, you know, I don't think I've ever – I've seen them, you know – come out of the water but not not like that you know acted like a tarpon um but they have to like they have to stick their eyes out of the water to eat you know so (laughs) it's really cool to watch them eat because you're like looking down their throat and they they miss a lot you know because they're not they're not built to do that so they do they miss those poppers and a lot of times there's you know the fish is so big it's got that big nose it will push the the fly out of the way you know while it's trying to eat it it just pushes so much water it will actually push your fly out of the way, so they miss it. <laughs> oh man, you uh, yeah. Uh, um, it sounds like they because of the because their um the way their uh, anatomy is that they're probably used to um if they're eating off the top water, lining something up and it, and it's staying there. I've noticed that um oh, a real um a real tough lesson for me to learn was uh was with GTs on the flats is you can uh, particularly large ones in skinny water like they'll. How do I describe this? They'll, they'll instead of a small one coming from underneath it and probably getting a good look at it and hitting it while it's sort of sideways coming out. Like the larger ones will take a a run up behind it and uh, and plane out so their eyes will come above the surface of the water with their mouth open, uh, and then they'll turn sideways on the on the eat. Um, mm-hmm. And and I've noticed that. Well, I I could st- I, I still lie awake with a cold sweat at night after many years of <laughs> one situation like that where I just simply just pulled the fly out of its mouth the, the, the fish would be i imagine redfish would be the same where they um uh probably so used to in, in a certain amount of implosion that that the the bait fish that they're chasing has got no traction in the in the water to be able to um fight the fly water going into the mouth of the fish but when you're as a fisherman you've got a, a string attached to that fly or mm-hmm. that what that thing's a bit you just pull it straight out of its mouth so from that point on i i learned to feed fish and and it's worked well in um salt and fresh whereas like you know when they just give them give them the give them the fly you know let them 
let them let them take it in. You know, it doesn't yeah, always yeah, but, work, but but um, but at yeah. that point where they're expecting to suck it in, just just give them the line. You know, give it give them to them. You know, yeah, it's so, so hard to do. It's still it hard, is super to do. hard to do. You know, but, uh, I'm I'm conscious about it too, but in the excitement of the moment, I still do that all the time. Yeah, you know, they charge they charge it, and you're like, for sure, I'm you know I'm getting tight. And I'll I'll pull it right out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, but it's I know I'm doing it as I'm doing it. You know, like the second I'm stripping, I'm going fuck. I'm missing this bitch. You know, like yeah, no, it's happening. You but you know, it's too exciting. There's there's something else I've noticed, particularly with our our freshwater fish over here. Um, again, was mentioned earlier about like how fish have, would have to feel a sense of vulnerability when they when they hit the surface of the water. Um, I've noticed. And this takes a bit of practice too, and it, it takes a lot of fuck ups and a lot of like you know donut days to be able to get to this. But um, uh, hopefully it'll help someone, maybe you or someone who's listening and stuff like that. But I've noticed that that some fish, particularly our bass um, over here that we've got over here, like they'll they'll hit a fly on the surface with such gusto that it looks like they've missed it. But um, but what they're doing is they seem to be pulling it under, like um, making the mm-hmm. making the fly slip through the water to pull it under. And I think that. This is really overcomplicating like a fish that's uh, an animal that's got a brain the size of a match head, probably. But um, <laughs> um, but I think that they're using that that flow of water to pull that prey out under to have a look at it. Yeah. So once it's fully under the water, they can eat it subsurface and and feel yeah. less vulnerable. You know what I mean? I um, feel like that sometimes too. And I, yeah, like like I feel like they're trying to stun it, like almost injure the fish, and then they can you know they like yeah. squat at it almost. You know, yeah. just to kind of stun the fish, and then they'll come back for the meal. Yeah, uh, definitely the, think there's something to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I've seen, I see footage of like uh, the, a fish here, a Murray cod, like people doing that, and they're, and they're, like like you'll see a whole, you'll see more of a tail coming out of the water than the head of the fish. And I think that's exactly what's going on. Whether they're stunning it or they're or they're pulling it under to do a, a turn around and pick it up. A fish we've got here called a Saratoga. They they do that well and truly. They'll just they'll just pull it under even with their mouth, let it go and then hit it, you know, but if you pull it out of the water thinking that you're, you're going to set the hook, like you just pull it out of their face. Um, yeah. I, I, I wonder what, um, if, um, you know, in that scenario for redfish, like, cause you know, for these fish that I'm mentioning in, in our country, like deer hair is, um, is really effective for that, for that matter. Like, it, you know, you can, you can tie it so it floats all day, but it sits lower in the water. It doesn't get pushed out of the way as, as easily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just um, uh, and then when it gets pulled under, it's really it's much slower to rise back up to the top, uh, compared like um, you know, compared to foam poppers. Um, yeah, yeah, it might might be worth considering. It sort of um, leads me on to uh, like to talk about this with you, I suppose, because I noticed that um, you guys tie a lot with synthetics, right? You don't tie much with natural materials, right? That's right. Yeah. Is is there a is there a, a a reason for it that you've noticed or is it just something that done um, the pat you know the patents work better or it's availability or or um it's, just something that's it's, not been a part of your developmental years or yeah it's not really been a direct reason um or a specific reason uh we kind of started with synthetics mm-hmm. um both of us did and kind of um i don't want to say perfected it because you never perfect fly tying um mm. but just like the familiarity of using it and i do like the consistency of synthetics um because i feel like i can get the same thing every time yeah um, that we haven't that we haven't moved you know into that using a lot of natural materials we use some rabbit um you know 
feathers occasionally, but it's yeah, it's you, I mean, you can look at look through our flies. It's very rare to see natural materials other than rabbit strips um, used. I definitely want. I'm very interested um, just as a tire into getting into more naturals and just learning those techniques. Um, I feel like I need to just to know the differences uh, between those. Um, you know, our our patterns, our synthetics. I mean, they obviously work. We have the proof that they work. Um, we know what they do. We know how to replicate it over and over again. And that, you know, that's been a great thing for us. Um, but we want to, you know, we want to expand. We want to expand more into the naturals um, because we do sell materials. And that's a big request, you know, is that is that we carry more naturals. So we're going to go down that path. Uh, we're constantly we're constantly adding flies uh you know, we try to stay in the saltwater world for sure, um, but other than that, we're constantly trying to expand uh, and learn new things. And it's like I feel like there's so you know there's just endless things you can learn in fly time. Um, so it's just like we have we we're just not there yet to where like we're still experimenting with so many different things, and it's just uh, there's only so many you know hours in the day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, I totally agree. Like I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm just thinking to myself. You don't really need to. I mean, but but at the same time, I can appreciate the interest in fly tying and wanting to, as a fly tie, yeah. to expand your horizons, you know. Um, exactly. It, We've never needed to because yeah. we're making effective flies. So, you know, it's not broke, you know, uh, don't fix it. But it's like I still want, you know, that's the whole fun of fly tying is, mm. is trying those new things and learning those new techniques because um, maybe it can be better. If we yes. use, you know, natural materials here and there, just like you said, just you mentioned that, you know, different sink rate using the deer hair. Um, so it's like, you know, there's definitely areas you can improve. And if that's what it takes, then we definitely want to get there. Well, you know, like uh, it, it, fly tying is to me, like overall of anything is um, is problem solving, you know, it's um. Mm -hmm. It's it's being able to um, translate your observations on the water um, to the vice to solve a problem, you know. And there's there's not many flies that that I tie in my fishing that are just why tie anything else on, you know. Like that that is the only fly for that scenario, you know. Whether it be yeah. um, there's only one fly I can think of which wouldn't probably wouldn't mean anything to you guys over there, but there's a, a fly called a bass vampire, and it's there is no reason to tie that in any other color any other formation, any other size, and any deviation from it. I've fished with people next to me that many times that have decided to change. Like, it's, it's tied, traditionally it's tied with, like, a glow, glow eye, and I've seen people tie it with, like, a UV eye next to it, and, like, they just, it'll get out fish 20 to 1, you know? Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. That's the only fly I can think of like that. Do you have anything like that that, that you guys do with? Like, is there any fly that you just, like, there's literally no point in changing this at all? There's a fly I throw on the beach, and we just posted because we just tied a whole bunch of them to sell that we call the neon icon. It's basically just like a little weighted craft fur minnow shrimp hybrid with legs. Bright colors. Um, I tied it because, like, I wanted something. It's just a little brush fly with legs. And it's like I tied it because ladyfish and Spanish mackerel kept cutting me off. And I'm like, I'm spending so much time tying these, you know, flies with expensive materials want something cheap that I can tie really fast um, that's bright that I can catch pompano on, and that's why I that's why I tied it to throw in the surf and yeah, if nice. I'm walking the, if I'm walking the beach it's like it's like a clouser it's like 
why do I, I don't need anything else. Like this thing gets bit over and over again. Don't know what the fish thinks it is. Thinks it's a bait fish, thinks it's a shrimp. Um, it's just got a lot of movement. It's the right size and they keep eating it, you know? Um, you know, we, I feel that way about like, you know, a lot of times, uh, we're fishing, you know, snook down there on the East coast, uh, you know, we're throwing like a small white or small black and purple brush fly, like a little brush minnow. And they, you know, that's like the go-to, you know, and if you're getting denied, then you start changing it up. But it's like, if I'm going, that's going to be in my box. Like those are the type of flies that, that work time and time again. Um, yeah. But, but there's, like I said, they, they work until they don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, they, they work until they don't, you know, always that, you know, you always have to have more and that's what keeps fly tires addicted and fly fishermen addicted because you know as soon as you think you got it figured out that you know the fish change their mind <laughs> yeah that that's pretty much it it's the um it's the it's the idea of what if eh, that keeps um keeps fly tires and fly fishermen motivated to um keep changing up the flies and and all that sort of stuff you know but um it's um you know i mean i tell you like those those neon icons are a, a great um representation of of your of your style of fly time i think look they 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 look awesome like they're great I, I really the thing i really like about them just to pick on that like to pick on those as far as uh, a representation of your of your style of tying is that they're just they just they just look like workhorses they just they just they just get it done exactly. like they're yep. they're, a, they're a practical a practical tie you know like they're not you're not going to mm -hmm. spend an hour on them they cl they no, clearly work they're simple yeah yeah they're, that um yeah yeah, I, I really like that. I mean, like that whole, um, not not only just you guys, your style or Space Coast style, but like the style of flies from the fishing in that area. You know, that I, I really, I really, um, I like it. I, I, I admire it. It's, um, it's something that, um, you know, for for myself that you know I can really um, uh, identify a real distinct style of um of of that you know that that area. I guess you could say you know which you guys seem to represent really well in in my opinion yeah. no? and, um, and they're for the most part very simple flies you know um, yeah so people will look at that and go oh well that's just a brush head and some craft fur and some light well yeah that's exactly what it is but, but it, it it works you know yeah. like you know i don't care how easy or hard it is to tie if the fish eat it i'm gonna keep tying more you know and it's like and why would i tie something complicated to throw at a fish that i know would eat that simple fly you know like you said it's it's a workhorse yeah and um and finding, you know, like we do the zipper fly, um, that topwater fly, it's basically like a brush fly with a, with a triple thickness of a gurgler head. Um, I think we have videos of like jacks eating one on there. I'm looking and at it now. You know, it's basically is that like your a, fly? Is that your pattern? Did you guys come up with that? Yep, that's Ian's. Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yep. It's I a, don't it's believe that. I I've never seen it done anywhere else. You know. Yeah. Um, like I said, people go, oh, that's just a gurgler or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. It's, you know, it's our whole thought process. I t you know, he designed it. I talked with him a lot. Um, yep. You know, through yeah, the process. Through it. Tell, like, tell us how it came about. It's because, like, you look at a gurgler. A gurgler is one of my favorite patterns of all time. I love them. They work. They're awesome. I don't know what it looks like, you know. Um, you know, what is it supposed to be? Is it supposed to be a bait fish? Is it supposed to be a shrimp? When, um, when we're talking like a a, a guard side gurgler as far as exactly yes. what yeah yeah yep yep and then uh our whole idea of it was like i want to imitate 
uh, a topwater. Like I want to imitate a bait fish that's dying on the surface. That was the initial concept when they see a bait fish, you know, sipping the surface, dying, you know, gasping for air or whatever, like yeah. doing that little waking, kicking its tail. That's why we call it the sipper. Um, but the whole idea behind the fly is that that extra thick eight millimeters of foam on the head. Uh, but then you have a, you know, we use a heavier hook. We use a SL12S or just any like heavy wire short shank hook. Mm. And it sags that fly. Um, and then you have a brush fly, you know, so once it's wet, it sags pretty good. And actually, so it's like the full profile of the minnow is subsurface. But the head, you know, keeps it floating. So it's like, to me, like most poppers and stuff, you don't see the full profile. I mean, maybe from like straight underside, but you don't see that full bait fish profile underneath the water. And um, so that was the whole concept behind it. And the fact that you can do those short strips, we got a bunch of videos that, you know, the two different ways you can, you know, pop it hard. It chugs like a popper, a big brush fly, you know, is, cause a lot of resistance on the head and the tail, you know, the craft fur tail moves a whole lot um, when you strip it hard. And then also you can work it like a gurgler, like short strips and it just like wakes, you know, like a wake bait. Yeah. And uh, it's been like, it super effective. Um, it wiggles a lot. Yeah. I think if there's a video, I think it starts with me holding one um, or no, there's a, we have a tying video about it, uh, how to tie it on our YouTube. Um, but, you know, we made it for our fishery and a lot of guys have been sending us videos, uh, you know, the striper guys uh, up in the Northeast have said the striper, you know, are loving it. And um, then we had a guy said that they caught Golden Dorado in Argentina on it last week. And yep. then one guy tied a bunch for the Amazon and the peacock bass. Love it, you know? And it's like, oh. yeah, that fish might have eaten any popper, you know, you know, that they threw at him. Who knows? Um, you know, but our whole concept was like, hey, you can get that full bait fish profile uh, and, you know, and you can work it several ways. And it's it's been really good. We've caught, you know, tarpon, snook, redfish, uh, speckled trout, jacks. Um, so it's kind of unique in the fact that and it does a couple of different things. Bro, we, we've got we've got a fish here in Australia called a Popeye mullet. Um, I don't know if that bait fish exists anywhere else in the world. Uh, it's not <laughs> it's not in my area, but it's um uh, in in you know much much further north part of Australia. And mate, those things have got like um you know you see you've seen those goldfish with the googly eyes that that like those big bubble eyes that they've got. Yeah. Um, they, that's what these mullet have got almost and like they they, they they and that's what i call them, i guess that's what they call them popeye mullets because they look like the eyes gonna pop okay. it's um and they do exactly like they swim around with their nose on the surface of the water with their tail hanging down like that like just just cruising around with their head like and mate they are candy yep, our for mullet do that same thing yeah our mullet do the same exact thing you know they sit on the surface yeah um, yep. uh, and they're, they're not dying when they do it like i said we we made it, you know, a dying bait fish will do that same thing. But like when they're moving forward, you know, in a school, like eating, I guess they eat algae off the surface. Our mullet do the same exact thing. So, yeah, well, it's, um, uh, I've seen mullets swim on the surface. So their back is level with the water, you know, but mm -hmm. the, these Popeye mullet, they swim like an, at an angle, like their tails, like down 30 degrees, like what your fly does almost exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, um, they would have to kill it in Australia, you know, like I reckon they, they will hopefully, um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I'll, I'll take some for sure. I, I reckon 
I don't even think I need Popeye mullet in the area to to make these things work. I reckon they have to be kill around dock lights and stuff like that as well, right? These things. You know, we don't. I rarely throw top waters in dock lights. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't know why the fish act a little bit different. Not to say that I haven't caught fish. You know, sometimes they're like super aggressive and they're blowing up here and there, and I'll go, "All right, we're we're just gonna throw a top water." Mm-hmm. Um, but it never seems to be the most effective fly. Usually they're feeding on um, smaller baits like little glass minnows, okay. uh, like our trout and redfish in the lights, and uh, we also have striper in our coastal rivers. Um, really? Yeah, we'll catch redfish and striper in the same That's lights. Wild. Yeah, it's really same cool. striped bass yeah. that that are running uh, up in the the north northeast. Yes. Yeah, I, I believe ours are like Gulf Strain. They stock them now, but they actually naturally used to go up you know all the way up our rivers to the to the lakes in the central part of the state um which i guess they may still do that but there's dams now so they can't reproduce like they like they did um so they stock our little coastal rivers um i oh, fish for them and i fish for them in the dock lights a lot in the winter time when the water temp's cool they get a lot more aggressive yeah um, it's really cool to be able to catch you know like i said You'll catch redfish, redfish and striper, largemouth bass, all like back to back in the same exact light. Um, so I'm really excited to like try those, uh, try those sippers like in the daytime or like early mornings on those stripers because the guys, the guys in, in the northeast have sent us some awesome videos of stripers just blowing up on that thing. Uh, it's really cool to see, you know, our so, flies go in different places. So I'd love to send some to Australia because. Man, barramundi or like bucket list fish for me. All those fish you name, I watch videos all the time of like the. You mentioned the Saratoga; those things look so cool. And, yeah, uh, they're they're the Murray awesome. cod. Yeah. yeah, Murray cod looks like a big grouper, kind of. Well, arguably, they they reckon it evolved from being a. Well, I'm going to call it grouper. That's what we saw the way we pronounce it here. But that's it's, it's the um, it's the um, there's a fish called a Queensland grouper that uh that you know. A different color but the shape the fin structure everything's like very very similar you know and um and i've heard people argue that uh through time um you know we've got this ridge of mountains that runs along the east coast of australia that's that uh, they call it the dividing range and the murray cod are endemic to the western side of that so the freshwater they've got no access to salt water they, there's there's an argument there that um that that um the species the original well whatever the species was back yonks and yonks ago um stayed there stayed and evolved to be a freshwater fish i guess you could say oh, really so your observation so they, don't go, they don't go in the salt at all no not at all no no i they listened can't. to that podcast you recently did where the guys uh talking about targeting them at night with the big flies and using the live scope oh it's jimmy yep, yeah 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 Jimmy's so um, cool. like i love that like to me like fly fishing like you always hear you know bonefish permit tarpon it's got to be you know crystal clear six inch flats you know like i think that's you know at least what was in my mind early on and like i know that's changing but i feel like there's so much more possibilities with a fly rod and so i love to like catch all those different species like i want to get more involved with like throwing sinking lines we'll throw them offshore here um you know for offshore species and stuff but that dredging stuff it can be so effective and a lot of people just don't you know, it hadn't caught on. There is, there is. I mean, the elements there for sure. I, I understand what you're saying for sure, and I yeah. and I totally agree because it's uh, 
for me when I got into into fly fishing, it was um it was the sight fishing element. To me, tuna was where where I where I cut my teeth. You know, like um uh you know it was it's blitzes. You're seeing them, I guess you could say. You know, it's, yeah. Um, of course, um, that's the best. You want to see it. That's awesome. Yeah. But you can be so effective other areas. You know that I think it gets overlooked a little bit, like the effectiveness of you know blind casting in certain spots. You know, well, a lot of people won't is- do it. <laughs> This is what my understanding of this. Like, I, like for me, like there's times I, I'll go target fish that I can't actually see the fish, but mm-hmm. I've got to know that they're there. I've got to understand. There's no point in just um and like you know, there's no point in just aimlessly going casting and hoping that something eats. I guess you could say I've, I've never do that. You know, so oh, no. just to a certain degree, um, you know, if I'm chasing, you know, you know, we the like mulloway or jewfish, say for example, you know, and like I can't see them. They they might be five meters deep, you know, which which what's that about eighteen feet, you know? They they might be hanging sort of there, and I'm like fishing a fast sink line, but mm-hmm. I, I've got to put it. I got to I got to I got to kind of make sure that that fly um, sinks in front of their face before they see the fly line. Um, you know, there's a, there's there's an aspect to it of having to know what everything's doing without any sort of blind luck in that respect you know like so mm-hmm. jimmy jimmy for example he you know like there's a there's a real stigma against um that live scope in, in australia at the moment which i think is incredibly hypocritical and it really just to me it just indicates someone who can't afford the technology themselves but um um but that aside um you know what jimmy's doing with those cod is he's he first of all he can't find them on live scope unless he knows where to find them himself you know and then, yeah. and then he confirms that with um, with the live scope, and then he'll and then he'll know exactly how fast he'll have to count his fly line down to put it, to put the fly. He still can't line the fish. You still got to be able to make the cast. It's 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 still those elements that you that you mentioned there uh, as what gets a lot of people into fly fishing. But it's still there with the, with that sort of that style of fishing with, with all styles of fly fishing. I think, um, you know, I think that. Um, you know, rocking up to a foreign area like you might be on holidays and and fishing from the bank and just putting a white clouser on and just you know hit doing a hit and hope sort of scenario is not is probably the most least common form of fly fishing going. You know, um, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I think uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. referring to just like yeah, if you know and if you know an area, like people go, why would you go fly fish the beach? You know when the water is dirtier you know well well we know we learn how to read the beach we we learn how to read the troughs and the breaks in the sandbar and the high you know areas yeah. where there are fish you know yeah, so it, it's like is it blind casting i can't see that fish but i know there's fish there yeah you know um you gotta you know, know then you gotta you gotta yeah. research and understand the species you gotta understand what they're feeding on there's there is there is a lot lot of elements to it you know like um Sure, like uh, I would much rather see any of those fish in the middle of the day, high sun, no clouds, in in a foot of water. That'd be that'd mm-hmm. be ideal for everything. But um, but I like you know I can't sit around waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have that much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's um, look, it's yeah. It'd be great. Oh, if the if the scenario is gonna present itself, if I know it was, I'll wait all day for that shot for sure. I have done yeah. many many times, but. Mm-hmm. um it's just not possible everywhere i fish uh i i hear what you say i didn't mean to i don't mean to pull apart or sound like i'm disagreeing with what you're saying i guess oh, i'm just no. adding adding weight to all. um yeah i'm just adding weight to it because it, it like you you said that element there that like um do you fly fishing fly fishing when you got into it had that stigma of 
you know, catching, you know, tarpon in the keys and bonefish and permit and stuff like that. And and I think that's the catalyst for for a lot of people. But you know, when you can take that mindset to um to other forms of fishing, it's it's really what's what's needed to progress the sport. I think that um there's enough there's enough elitism in in trout fishing for us to to do it in in saltwater fly fishing. You know, we don't need yeah. we don't need it. You know, it's uh no yeah <laughs> not at all. Yeah, and just can, I mean, there's guys, there's guys that are specialists. They only want, you know, there's guys that they only want to target redfish. Yeah, that's great. That's cool. You know, I mean, if you want to perfect something and that's it, um, I just, I, I just love like the, you know, the chase and the, and the whole learning aspect of, of catching a different species. You know, whether it be undesirable to a lot of people, um, you know, I just think it's, it's really cool. Just, uh being able to use those techniques and and what i've learned and and targeting different water uh that most people wouldn't wouldn't dare go to because there's not a tailing redfish there you know yeah uh, i think when people like the more people you know get outside their comfort zone they'll learn that there's a lot more fish to be caught than like just those key species yeah know? yeah i agree i think um i think for as, as a greater whole attitudes attitudes are changing i think that um you know we could, you know, we, uh, as a form of, um, you know, the the net on the tennis court, so to speak. Um, IGFA is is a is a good way to look to look at things, and it's uh it's a good way that to uh, a good um, a good basis, if you like, to to teach good angling. I guess at the same time, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't live my life by that either. I've got I can respect friends that do for sure, hundred percent. I really really can. Um, but at the same time, like I can, I can understand um, that that you know, if you're going to tie a 60 pound shock tippet onto onto a leader that's got 20 pound breaking strain in it, um, you know, for a fish like uh, like our barramundi or something like that as well, um, and recreationally fishing, there's 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 no no real lack of skill, I suppose. Ah, uh, that's not really. I was about to say that you really you're really faced with the same disadvantages by tying straight through 60 pound. That's not exactly true. If you, you know, like to understand that you can't break 20 pound over a fly rod and to use your angles, your rod to fight a fish that could easily break 20 pound. Um, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a certain degree of skill in that, but I don't, you know, I'll, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything to look down on someone from fishing straight through 60. There's a, that, that, that particular way of catching fish is a grind in itself. Really at the end of the day, there's enough punishment in that. <laughs> yeah really fly fishing is punishing altogether <laughs> yeah in itself it, it really is for sure yeah yeah but um you know attitudes it wasn't wasn't uh arguably that long ago that you know uh tying flies with synthetics or even tying you know saltwater fly fishing was was frowned upon you know the whole the whole sport's evolving you know at a rate of knots really at the end of the day oh yeah definitely it's something like i said i've only been fly fishing for six years yeah um and tying just as long and it's crazy just to see the growth you know of course i'm learning more so i'm going to notice more things um in that time but it's just wild to see like the popularity like i said even six years ago i wouldn't see another skiff and another guy fly fishing you know uh Mm -hmm. very few guys and then you know we have a local fly club uh you know it's 10 members i think for 20 years it was 10 members and then now there's like 80 members you know (laughs) So yeah. just, just like the rate of growth here is is just wild. I think in this the whole southeast United States period, you know, that's one thing you can thank social media for. It's like it's definitely growing the sport. Um, yeah. You know, showing people what 
what can be done with a fly rod uh, in these areas that, you know, aren't a crystal clear flat, you know, necessarily yeah. that, hey, chasing jacks is awesome. Chasing black drums awesome. Um, it's really cool. And to me, <laughs> I always said more people that are fly fishing than the less fish are going to be caught. <laughs> so yeah. that's better for the fishery. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's true. That's exactly true. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's sadly true, but <laughs> definitely better for the uh for the for the red meat industry too. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I think I think that um Space Coast is is always going to be you know like on an upward direction, stand on the outside looking in, and also a member of the uh of the um fly fishing you know community. I suppose as far as um you know someone else who sells products in the area, I think your shop is. Is incredible. You guys were one of the um, the one of the early early adopters of the flashcraft stuff too, which is um, you know, which is which yeah. is really cool. I mean, that's um, that's been an uh, an interesting part of evolution as well in itself. Like it, and it's a good example of um, you know, the 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 acceptance of of fly tying materials or the under or the acceptance of what is a fly, I suppose, really as well. But that's that's going really well for you guys too, eh? That stuff. It is. Yeah, it's going really well. Um. Like I said, this is we're on our second shipment now, and they're, you know, it's hard to keep them in stock. Uh, people have really taken to it um, in all areas. We shipped. That's what we were just discussing. I was like, man, we're you know we're selling tons of crab parts, and we're selling them to guys in Utah, and Colorado, and New York, and you know, I guess these guys obviously they travel because they're not throwing crab flies, you know, in, mm. in Utah. But it's like, um, yeah, just across the whole United States um it's been awesome and it's been really fun just to experiment with them myself uh yeah you know it's a whole different style of fly that i'm that you know i've of course tied crabs and stuff and we do throw crabs but using uh these legs it makes it you know so easy so lifelike but it still leaves what i like about it it's not a crab that you just put together it's it's an actual tie like you said it's you know breaking the barriers of what's a fly what's not a fly you know there's always going to be that argument but mm. this is actually a tie to me you know like i'm you know, i'm stacking hair and trimming and you know there's a lot of tying aspects to it so it's it's really cool to like experiment with these and the different ways you can build the bodies and i've talked with a bunch of guys in the last week just about the couple that i tied um you know and after watching your videos it's just it's really cool to see and i love seeing this type of product and that's what we love as space ghosts we love new products new exciting things that's why we have the collective that's why we try to work with all these tires that don't have shops that are amazing tires and they just don't have an outlet you know they don't have the time they got day jobs they don't have the time to you know set up an online store and run a whole business but they're amazing at what they do and we want we want people to see their flies and yeah so we want you know we want we always are looking for something new and it, yeah. you know it's just it's really cool to see and so like finding you guys i've listened to the podcast for a long time but like you know finding you guys it's just like it perfectly fits with our business model you yeah. know like bringing something on like we want to be the first ones to bring that new product it's really cool that we were one of the first ones to bring it and it's you know it's, it's really helped us and and you guys it's it's really cool to see yeah well, you guys you guys were the first you guys are the first oh, awesome. states for sure it's uh yeah it's uh yeah no it's and it was exciting for me as well because of how pragmatic you guys are with your fly selection uh, and all that sort of carry on as well um it was it was important to me like that that someone uh, understood them as a, as a fly for what they are the the hydrodynamics are, like uh, to use that buzzword we say on this podcast a lot you know mm -hmm. it's 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 been really important um 
that someone understood that, you know, and, and tied him like a fly. Because you could, as you mentioned, like you could really, you could really fuck it up, you know, like you could, you could, <laughs> you, could you could totally time, you know, in, in the dumbest way possible without understanding it and just giving them a go and, and they'll flip and they'll twist and carry on and, and they're not, you know, they've got to be, they got to be tied a certain way. The, the design and the manufacturer is there for, for that way of thinking, but, you know, um, yeah, like, I mean, you, you guys have been, been great with that. I mean, they're, they're in a few other places now, but, like, everyone who's got them is is um, is is that way, is, is that way inclined in, in, a, in a certain way, I guess you could say, you know? It's uh, where, yeah. wherever they are in the world. So it's, um, no, it's been, it's been cool, man, for sure. Yeah, it's great. And uh, just being able to chat with you, like we were chatting yesterday about, like, new products, like the colors. Yeah, like don't, I said, we don't want purple that. Don't mention yeah. that new product here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a yeah. pl- plagiarism thick in in this yeah. industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, colors we'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about colors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm. Mean. That's actually what I was talking about. I was like, I so, just want purple ones because I like. So I'm, I I'm just, I'm just yeah. so reluctant to edit anything out of these shows that I just thought I'd just get in front of that just just in case, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a- yeah. All, good. All good here. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, so I, throw, we, I throw a lot of black and purple flies for redfish, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the first thing I did was break out the purple marker colors and legs, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, cool. will, I will. I'll get that. I'll. I've actually um found found a, a different source of materials than what we were talking about yesterday. Actually, so um, I've I've got I've got exactly what you what you're chasing there, dude, for sure. But um, awesome. Yeah. Looking but, forward um, to it. Yeah. Yeah, got a, got a few more designs to to work through. One that we were talking about yesterday. That's going to be, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna head in that direction in, in a hurry. I think that's going to be pretty exciting for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited because, like we talked about before, I have a fly that's uh, in that family, at least what it's trying to replicate, and uh, still working on trying to perfect it. You know, that's the fun of it. I've been working on this one a long time and just trying to get it just right. Uh, like I said, it's very very fishy fly already i just working on durability because you can't sell them if they fall apart <laughs> first fish oh it looks awesome too man like from, from what i said you don't want to talk about that you want to keep that under wraps oh yeah you got it right oh yeah, yeah. we no it's fine yeah we posted videos like i said that was that was totally my fault like i said we we usually don't post videos of flies um you know until we fished them and caught fish and and yep. we've kind of perfected them at least got to a you know a pretty good point um i think it's fun to share concepts just because you can get good feedback from other guys, you know, they can help you solve a problem. Mm. Um, but yeah, that Ned rig, you know, ghost shrimp, I got the idea from a guy, uh, overseas, not even a saltwater guy. He tied it and it had like, I don't know if it was shanks or something. Um, but it was tied like a Ned rig with the weight on the bend of the jig hook. Um, and his was a worm actually, uh, it was a worm for some type of perch or something um i saw it and i was like man i have to make a ghost shrimp uh to throw in the surf here and for and for redfish also um but immediately thought of like pompano in the surf uh i just thought it was so cool how the tail stuck straight up um just the action of it was amazing and uh i just you know been working on that one for a while so i saw some other people had done some that are pretty cool already so i just yeah, that's the fun of it. Just trying to trying to perfect it, but that one's bothering me. I like <laughs> trying to I like get it your, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like your style because I mean, uh, I can remember you putting it up on your page now, but I remember you you showing us that going. I'm having trouble with this like a, a while ago now, and it's um, um, 
you know, and and wait until they they catch fish and stuff like that. Like it's you know, it's it's a it's a good move. I I, I shouldn't say I don't exclusively do. I put up concepts as well before they've caught fish for sure. But um, you know, I, I think that um sometimes you can put it out there and someone can come up with a solution. I think with um yeah. I think with that that concept like um you know you, you kind of got uh, it. I mean the Ned rig. The Ned rig for uh, for other species with conventional fishing is is incre- incredibly popular for sure. But um, yeah, I think and I've seen th- some flies. You know, it's not like I didn't invent the style or something. You know, um, yeah. But I thought I wanted to adapt it to to our fishery and what I thought it should be. And um, like I said, it catches fish. It's just uh, and I've seen and I know there's other ways that I can tie it. Um, but to me and like through our flies, like if I can't replicate it fast yeah um it's almost like what's the point you know i hate to say exactly. that because like i think it's awesome if i can sit down and take an hour and make something great but like i'm a fisherman first you know i want to be able to sit down and knock out a few of those flies on a vice in an hour in the night you know to to fish yeah um, and i want everyone else that we teach that pattern to to be able to do the same because most people don't want to sit down and take an hour or an hour and a half to tie one single fly, you know, at least not for that type of fishery. You know, maybe it's a beast fly that takes a long time and, you know, you're targeting, you know, like he's targeting a huge Murray cut. That's worth it. You know, to yeah. me, like, yeah, that's totally worth it. But he's solving that know? problem. Yeah. Those, those Murray cod won't, won't eat anything under that, you know, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's not worth their time. It, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. So what what's the uh, what's the hot what's the what are you stuck on is durability you're saying right is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, mainly the tail material because I was using like a Antron chenille for yep. the tail, um, uh, and then I was pulling it through the foam like I had a little chunk of foam that was actually like the tail of the shrimp, uh, and I was pulling it through and gluing it, and that that holds up fine. But the chenille, the core is not that durable. Um, and then if you go to like something with more of a wire core, then it gets too stiff. Mm. Uh, and then also there's the whole fouling aspect, you know, I usually put a bead of resin at the base to stiffen up that chenille. Um, mm. and it, and it works, it's anti-foul, but after a couple of fish, they were, they were falling apart and I just didn't feel, feel good selling that fly. Uh, had a lot of requests for that fly, but it's just like, I just don't want to put my name behind something, you know, and then they go, yeah. you know, what is this piece of shit? You know, I gave you 15 <laughs> bucks and it fell apart, you know, first, well, first fish. Yeah, like re- re- yeah, like that. That the story of that would would spread like wildfire, and you wouldn't even see it happening. It's um, exactly. it's a good idea to leave it. You know, leave it ex- experiment till you got it right for sure. That yeah, that there's so many a- ideas we have. You know, we're just trying to you know, but yeah, like you said, that's our name. We don't want to put stuff out that you know. We know one. We I know I hear you talk about it all the time. You know, there's guys that put out flies that they've never thrown or caught fish on. You know, like yeah. I want to make sure that they're proven, you know. <laughs> you know what? So. I we you know, on those lines, like it's uh, you know, like I've been accused of attacking people like that on this podcast and stuff. And I want to take the opportunity again to to reiterate, and I guarantee you, this is what you're doing as well. Is that you're not? It's not about. I mean, I know you're not having to go with those guys, and I want to be clear in saying that. And, and there's been yeah. times where I've brought them up as examples. You want people to have a great experience. You want people to be able to, um, you know, catch catch the fish that that you're leading them on not leading them on but you know i mean in, in uh, ins, uh, insinuating that they can they can they can put in front of and get an eat from and the and the mm-hmm. only way that you can do that comf- comfortably and still you know lay lay in, lay in bed and go to sleep at night is to know that that you can do it and you could do it time and time again you know in that in that respect and that's the point mm-hmm. i'm trying to make it's not so much having a go at people for 
not putting flies in the water. It's more about it's more of a warning to the to to you, the consumer. Really, it's um, you know, the 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 like, it's the it's it's more the people that um that 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 support and encourage those those guys that are probably doing a, an injustice to the uh, the community as opposed to the person who's actually putting it out. If that makes sense, you know. And um, yeah. it, it's hard to say like this without saying like you're pointing blame. I just I just find it sad that there aren't more people doing what you're doing there, Sam. You know, and 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 even more sad, it makes me that that the greater community isn't demanding that from from the from their fly fishing peers. You know that that we should be expecting people to do what you're doing and go put that out there in the surf and make sure it works and repeat it and then go back and tie it. Then be able to show people this stuff. You know, like people that people that live in the middle of countries that don't even have saltwater fly fishing. You know, selling saltwater fly fishing products based on copying what they're seeing someone else like you do off the internet on the other part of the world it's just fucking ludicrous like it's uh yeah. <laughs> you know it, it blows me away that that people can 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 be so misled themselves to be so fucking misled that um and then and then have the audacity to say fly fishing's hard well it's hard because you've been influenced <laughs> by someone who's fucking selling you snake oil you know yeah. it's not it's not yeah, hard if you follow true. the fucking people that 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 are actually doing it and willing to share that information with you but are just fucking trampled by someone who's better at fucking social media and photos than that person who's putting the fucking time in and not to mm -hmm. say that fucking you know um that you're a slouch with fucking media and photos you fucking that doesn't that doesn't apply with someone visuals is a fucking great page you know but Thank you sort of see what I'm, you sort of see where i'm getting at though yeah. like it's um absolutely yeah. and and we talk about like staying in our lane um we have people reach out to us hey can you talk you know like you know not exactly, but like, hey, if, if, the, if somebody reached out to me today and was like, hey, can you tie me some deer hair poppers? Absolutely not. Yeah. That's yeah. not my thing. You know, like I can point you in the direction of somebody that does them awesome. You know, like contact Brandon Bales, you know, like, yeah, that dude's awesome. You know, like, yeah, that's not that's not our thing. Like, why would we do that? And if and if it is something that we feel somewhat comfortable doing, like, you know, a certain style of bait fish or whatever that we maybe nefs haven't tied before. We let them know, like, hey man, like I'll give this a shot, but to let you know, like, we're experimenting too. You know, like just so you're aware, I'll send you these flies and I would love that feedback, you yeah. know, because I'm not in that fishery. I would, you know, we'd love to try new tying styles and stuff, but we want to be very clear about it. You know, like up front, we're not going to go, yeah, man, I'll knock that out. Let me knock out, you know, and I send him a deer hair popper that looks like shit. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. no, I don't, I don't want to do that because, you know, we we care a lot about this business and the products we put out, you know. Like I think said, that's clear, man. I think that really, yeah. really for the, for, the, for the observant and in a game of fishing, you know, where they say the observant angler is the most successful angler. It, uh, mm -hmm. I think that people who are observing can see that, you know, through Space Coast, through see what you and, and your partner are doing and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's pretty obvious, man. It's um, it's really it's really great. You know, I really um, yeah, I really yeah, it's um, yeah, I, you. I'm sure you. Got, oh, I'm sure you guys got like you know, if, if we we talk together in another six years, mate, that's it'll be, it'll be, Space Coast will be a whole different story for sure. You know, yeah, it's, um, it's a it's already a whole different story than it was a year ago. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah. The path it's on, it's been blowing my mind, and I think that's just growth in the industry as a whole. But you know, we bust our ass to you know try to make it the best as we can. You know, we're a yeah. small shop, and we're trying to 
you know, like I said, we're, we're growing daily. So, um, yeah, because we just, I mean, just love it, you know, like what else would I want to be doing with my time? You know, I love fishing. I love tying, I love designing new things. Uh, so it's a good time. That, that Ned rig fly you've got there, that's, um, it's a, it's a real, um, balancing act, eh? you know, like to have something with, um, buoyancy in it that it uh, is, is going to be used in moving water. Yeah. I was talking. I was talking with a friend that's a phenomenal tire yesterday. He ties this minnow and they use very small chain and they, you've probably seen a fly like this and it's like cylinder foam, but in sections, you know, mm. so like a game changer, but it's like, it's foam. Um, he's like, you could do the tail like this. And I, and he sent me a photo of one, a, a ghost shrimp Ned rig that someone had tied, but it was all foam for the tail. And I'm like, that's amazing. But that's, too much flotation like to me i want that fly to get get down to the bottom fast and i want it to stay there yeah. you know I, I want it to bounce and puff in the sand and make that commotion i want that tail sticking up you know in that silty area on the bottom to where they can see it um and i think like whereas i look at that and initially i'm going yeah that's it i gotta try that and then i you know take a few seconds break it down and go no that's that's gonna be way too much flotation there you know, if there's a little bit of current or there's some turbulence from the waves, it's going to be getting just washed around. You know, it's just exactly. going to be spiraling down there. So, yeah. like, I need something, you know, it's it's definitely a balancing act of, like, how much flotation to keep that tail sticking straight up, but not enough to, you know, to where it gets washed around. Nothing uh, nothing puts fish off more, I reckon, than, than something that's moving in conjunction with the tide. I mean, there must be so much shit under the water there that they swim past without spending their energy on picking it up with their mouth slash hands, you know, to um to yep. see if it's real because because it's identifiable by it's moving with the with the wash, with the current, with the tide, you know, like it's uh it you know what <laughs> blows me away in um with, with flight fly design is when and this is gonna be another un stay stay tuned folks for another unpopular opinion from Chris <laughs> Adams here. But um <laughs> When, when, and I'm doing this for your own good people, but like it's a, <laughs> uh, when people put like, um, like a, like a, a fighting crab or a, a, a defensive crab in a glass of water and it's just got to the bottom and it's standing up with its claws and people are like, ah, oh, this thing's going to look great. Like such a defensive crab in the water. So I'm thinking to myself, that thing's not even going to make it to the bottom. Like, how could yeah. you, uh, like, are we, that, that's, that's the definition of, of, of potentially blind fishing a crab fly, which is, bizarre in my opinion but um um but like you know like not having like there's no way that thing's gonna anchor to the bottom we talked um a while ago we spoke about there's a a, a crab fly lure for, for conventional dudes in australia I don't know if you got i'm sure you guys get in the u.s though the cranker crabs you've seen those uh i heard the name i can't picture it no in incredibly popular like they um they um they've got foam tied to tiny little trebles and um and fish will come up and nip the claws which has got the treble hook in them and you know they'll get neat i swear i've seen them in the in the u.s for you know you know for guys fishing spin gear for you know redfish or whatever you know or just things that eat crabs um but for years and years you know um um you know people including myself and other people have tried to tie a fly with with uh, articulated claws that have got the foam on them so they would um they'd move around um Sure, we've done it now. Done it now in Flatscraft, but like I mean, I could explain the reason why. But I copped a lot of flack because in the podcast previously, in previous years, I've said um, it's impossible to do that because 
to make something heavy enough so it doesn't um so it doesn't um um drift like the the weight the the, the buoyancy of the claws doesn't make it spin around the tide or or just drift unnaturally like a piece of rubbish on the bottom you would need to make it so heavy that it'd be impractical to cast um mm -hmm. and it um as as it turns out the the arty merc does it does it really well but um but I've I've made so many attempts at trying to do that in the past, but like that's that's a that's a an example right there of that balance, I guess you could say, which is what yeah. you know, you're, you've got to try and achieve as well. Is um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think the Arty Merc would work very well in the surf for that reason, you know. That um, I think the surf is going to be a, a really challenging environment for, for you to make this make this thing happen. I don't think it's impossible. It I'm sure you'll get to it. For sure yeah and we, and we don't have i mean it can be a lot of current i don't fish those days like the guys in the northeast it blows my mind how rough of water they'll fish in mm. um i mean the fishing can be really good when it's rougher here it's just to me it's just frustrating yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. The beach and, and dealing with those waves i'm a fair weather fisherman <laughs> i like it <laughs> i like it when it's nice and calm with the wind at my back but uh yeah. but yeah i definitely like i said yeah i put that one you know the video i have is just in a bowl at home you know but i went and tested it the same way you know it acts it acts just like that but like i said i just haven't figured out those materials and i you know i've i know how to make it correctly but it would take way too long to tie so <laughs> yeah yeah we're at, you know yeah that, exactly that's Wait, fun fly tying i just push it aside sometimes and pick up something new and then i'll revisit it later hopefully with a fresh mind and you know maybe i'll never figure it out who knows <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, the the I guess the difference is when when you're showing people like the you know what it's look like in a in a bowl of water, you're not selling it or um or going yeah. this will this will definitely work. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, big big difference for sure. Oh look, man, I I really um I'm really excited to see that Ned rig um you know coming. Away. I, I think it's got a lot more. If you if you can suss that out, uh, it's got a lot more applications than than um than a ghost crack ghost ghost shrimp in the surf. You know for sure. You know yeah yeah i think the redfish uh yeah would definitely take to it and like that's what's cool uh with space ghost is like you know we tie flies for our areas but it's awesome like i said striper guys saying oh these zippers are great and you know i took one and caught a golden dorado i wasn't even on our radar when we tied that fly you know mm. but like that's fun of it seeing people go oh i can use this this way or i can tweak it a little bit to you know work for my fishery um it's just been really exciting uh seeing you know where these things go i'm sure you're well aware you've been doing a lot longer than us and uh with all the flies you do i'm sure they go different places and it's always something new <laughs> they'll have they have done this funny out where some places some of them go that's for sure but uh look it's 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 all the same it's all the same everywhere like the fly's got to be durable it's got to be able to swim yep. it's got to be castable you know it's um it's got to do exactly what you say it's got to do it's uh you know if you've got people that are um are looking at your design and uh like uh, adapting it to their scenario <clears throat> you know you got to you got to get that basis correct which is what you're doing which is which is ideal i i think yeah. it's um you know even for a bonefish fly like uh you know we, there's a fly here uh, a friend of mine called um we got a fish called called a whiting which is not have you seen them we, you said you've paid attention to some so, of the so we the, have a whiting but i don't think it's the same as your whiting oh okay. whiting a really small fish in the surf uh, yeah, they're just like silver, little black spot on their tail. Uh, uh, on the bottom. Yeah, they look like they're they're a very similar shape to a bonefish. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, kind of similar. I Sounds think like it's the same different. Fish. I'll have to look it up. Um, 
see if it's the same. So I'm doing the same thing. Ours is a northern kingfish. Uh, oh, northern. Yeah. Oh, it's got a little bobble on it. It looks like a looks like a little looks like a drum, like a like a. Like yeah, a it is a drum. Yep, it yeah. is a drum. Man, it is. Okay, it, <laughs> see yours. Yeah, if you look up a, like a, a yellowfin whiting, if you Google that, like you'll see ours. Yep. Uh, it, your, 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 what you guys call a whiting looks like a cross between um, our fish and a, uh, a speckled trout. Yeah, kind of similar. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or like a redfish. Ours kind of act like a little, little small redfish. They fight the same. They're, fun. Yeah, they're okay. you know, they're not big, but like I'll walk the beach with my five or six weight and target those they can be kind of finicky too <laughs> yeah well the, a lot of guys target the whiting that we have here um and there's a, a fly called a dan's worm fly and it's just um it's just a piece of chenille um but the way i uh, that dan dan ivanoff the dude who invented is a good friend of mine and the way he um you know he comes about it is very similar to what you're talking about with your your ned rig in a way you know like he, he he's got like a a really short shanked um hook like um I don't even know. I can't remember what he originally tied on, but he used, he's really specific about having heavy tungsten dumbbell eyes on it. Like he wants mm -hmm. those eyes to, to land and, and, and anchor itself in the mud. So this one strand of chenille is sticking up, but he says it's not the chenille that, that attracts the fish to it. It's every time he strips it and he rips it out of that mud, it leaves a big puff of mud, comes yeah. through clean water, then lands and takes another big puff of mud, you know? And, um, mm -hmm. And then then they'll they'll come over that and then they'll identify that chenille sitting in the mud and just just suck it down, you know. It's, um, yeah, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Same same idea. Like I know our our ghost shrimp, they don't like bury their heads in the sand with their tail in the air. Uh, you know, maybe they do. I've never seen it, but it's like usually they're just fully buried. But it's yeah, like, I just know that action, that tail sticking up because there can be a layer of silt on the bottom. It'd be more visible. They're you know they're sight feeders and mm. just those puffs of sand like he's doing uh it just makes perfect sense to like draw draw them in do you find these fish these your whiting are they like in the surf or are they on the flats or uh both they'll they'll be they're they're strictly salt water um they'll be they'll be in the surf in the gutters um they'll also be in the estuaries um you know they they won't extend all the way up into brackish water but they uh their domain is the is the, is the shallow water the skinny water like the, um you know that's that's oh, where cool. they that's where they hide from predators that's where they find that intertidal uh food source um you know w worms yabbies well what you guys call ghost shrimp we call yabbies um you know that's that's well and truly on the diet for the for that fish for sure is yabbies just a nickname or is it their actual name that's what yeah that's their name if you if you google <laughs> saltwater saltwater yabby you'll see your ghost shrimp Oh, cool. Never know with you Australians. They all got nicknames for everything. Yeah, we do. That's for sure. <laughs> Everybody's name has a Y or an O on the end. <laughs> <laughs> like Samo, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that would be it. Yeah, no. watching, watching surf videos and everybody's got a nickname like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, with it. Yeah. With, um, um, Oh, I'm just trying to think of some strange. Everyone I'm thinking oh. of has just got their normal name, you know. It's um, Marco, Joe Marco, Parkinson, Marco, oh, yeah. Kur Kersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Something. Yeah. Are it's, you um, there? Are you by Snapper Rocks? I actually went. Um, Joel Parkinson. I went to school with. It's, um, oh really? I've been out in the water plenty awesome. of times with Joel Parkinson. He was a lot young. He was. Oh, he was not like two years younger than me. Um, 
So, okay. you know, it wasn't exactly uh, best buddies hanging out. Like, there's a real hierarchy in age with uh, in surf culture. You know, if you're a couple years old yeah. and, you know, you're a grom and you, you do what you're told. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, he, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, um, uh, I'm pretty close. That's the Gold Coast. Snapper Rocks is, you know, more probably more famous uh, internationally because of the competitions that gets held there. Um, yep. Yeah, you know, there's been a there's been a lot of ASP surfers that have that I've I've gone to school with a lot per capita, I guess you could say, compared to other areas, I suppose. But um, yeah, pretty big pretty big culture where I grew up for sure. That's um, awesome. Actually, you know, like a you know a ten year old me would have been spun out at this age to not be surfing. I guarantee you, it's um, it's um, it was a pretty big part of my life. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't see how you can have those waves in your backyard and not still do it. <laughs> It's it's the same reason I've moved from my fishing spots, man. It's the crowds. The crowds yeah. are just fucking ridiculous, you know. It's, oh um, yeah, that's and true. It's, um, yeah, and it's uh, yeah. After a while, it just it just doesn't become fun. The aggression in the lineup, you know, like it's just just you know, it's just not not fun, you know. It's um, yeah, yeah it's it's just funner to hang out with friends than than actually get out for a, like a you know solid set of waves. But you got to get out in the water so early, you know. I used to be in construction, and I'd start work at seven. Um, at this time of year, like the sun comes up at like quarter past four, you'd be out in the water at like paddling out and you know, almost dark just, just to catch a few waves to be in by six thirty and then on site by seven. You know, it's just what are, what are we doing here? I wouldn't do that with fishing, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 So I'd I'd want to go fishing all day. So it's um yeah, you you, you for a while there you start traveling to, to hit spots and um but you keep coming back to these crowds and you know, and, and waves that could be better and it just eventually you know, fishing just takes over, I guess. Um, it's funny. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a couple of friends that are, that are, that are like that, you know, and, um, yeah, um, no slouches, like, uh, you know, used to surf competitively as well and all that sort of stuff. And it's just, no, just, they're not doing it anymore. Probably. Yeah. I've never asked them why probably similar reasons. Yeah. They just get old and everything hurts. <laughs> yeah, old and everything hurts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that too. But I mean, we could always go to Mal's and ride a coffee table, I suppose. So it's um, yeah, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, nah. Like I said, man, I like a, a lot of my close friends that I, I I hang out with that don't that don't fish are just all still surfing. Yeah, and yeah, for some people they're going to surf for the rest of their life. But yeah, I don't know, man. Fly fishing is just all consuming. That's the way I look at it. You know, I I still watch a lot yeah. of surfing, which is why I'm going to go to surf alabama page for sure and check that yeah. out um, but well, we're uh, yeah. we, we only get waves every now and then so we don't have to worry about picking and choosing between them when there's waves we surf and then uh the rest of the time we fish or dive so nice. it works out yeah it, it pretty pretty big um coast culture there at alabama yeah like it's uh it's um it's only a small part of it's on the coast too by the looks yeah yeah like i said 34 miles of coastline here i mean it's nothing compared to the state you know um most people most people in the states don't even believe that alabama has a beach um you know unless they're unless they've been here on vacation before but we have beautiful beaches actually white white sand beaches um water like i said we're, we have mobile bay and then you know to the west we have the mississippi river in louisiana so like that dirty water can be here but a lot of times our water's you know really nice and clean yeah um, they about that either so we get a little bit of everything we're kind of caught between between it all so it's yeah good. you know the fish is definitely it's been crystal clear here because it's been no rain for months uh actually just started raining today uh but it was like crystal clear and like you know the fish act so different 
Um, you know, our redfish were really hard to feed last week on our flats. Um, and then when it, you know, it gets a little more stain, they, they definitely, uh, definitely eat a lot easier. Oh, on the map here, it's telling me the temperature you guys have got there right now, um, uh, which I'm, I'm surprised as was it, um, oh, it's in centigrade. It doesn't tell me in Fahrenheit, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. That's, yep. um, that's, uh, right. that's, that's about, that's sort of where I live, like the, the coldest midwinter it gets right now. It's, um, oh, really? I'm surprised that, uh, that, that cold, we actually spoke to, um, Harry, um, Luke Spear. Um, yeah. Um, it gets cold. Week. Yeah. He was talking uh-huh. about how, how un, like, uh, colder than I thought it was getting, um, in that same area. He's not far from you as well. Yeah. A couple of days, you know, a couple of days of the year, it'll get down like into the teens which is, I don't know what that is in Celsius, but it's, um, really, so the you know, teens yeah, in below, Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah. Below freezing for sure. Wow. Um, you know, and that's just a couple of days. Most of the time it's not, you know, but we have a lot of nights in the forties, you know, mm. low forties, upper thirties in the, in the dead of winter. Um, you know, our water gets down into the low fifties, uh, Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah just cold you know yeah. i've seen it in i've seen it in the 40s a handful of times uh in my life um you know that's too cold for me i like the yeah. heat. <laughs> yeah yeah that's wetsuit material for sure we wetsuit material oh, now right yeah we're about to be in wetsuits uh, i you know it, it surprised me how much the temperature dropped we get a couple cold fronts recently um we were fishing redfish in the dock lights uh this time of year the water gets just right and uh Man, then those big redfish will pile into those dock lights, and uh, the water was like in the low 60s. It was like 64, and the week before it was like 76. So, mm. a, a big swing. That's huge. Uh, it, yeah, it's coming. Um, yeah. But it just like like I said, we have you know the di- diversity. It it uh, it's always something different to target. That's kind of what I like about home here. Is you know. We'll get to schools of bull reds when it cools off, and we'll you know start targeting some stripers, um, you know, and then then we'll start gearing up for spring. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like a real migratory sort of spot for fish around there, right? Yep. Yeah, we definitely have fish that you know you know we catch the same species year round, um, but then some that you know definitely come and go with the seasons. Hmm. So it always keeps it fresh. That's I think that's kind of where you know my fishing style comes from. You know, not not just keying in on one specific or a couple specific species. Uh, it's fun to mix it up because you know we kind of we kind of have to. Mm. So. Mm. Well, cool. Sam, man, I'm gonna. I just sort of looked at the time there, and and, um, and although you're incredibly easy to talk to, I reckon if I don't put the brakes on this, we're gonna talk for another hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we might uh, we might uh, put a bow on this and wrap it up, mate. Um, um, what do you say? Yeah, man. Sounds good. It's fun. All right. So just to reiterate, people can go to what's the, what's the your website address again? It is spacecoastflies.com. And uh, you can find us on like any social media or YouTube, just at Space Coast Flies. Cool. All right, uh, man. We got some tutorials up. We're working on uh, getting right. some new patterns up on YouTube too. How do they find you on YouTube? Just Space Coast? Yeah. If you just, uh, if you just search Space Coast Flies. Um, or just youtube.com slash space coast flies, you should find us. Okay. Cool. All right, awesome, Sam. Man, I appreciate it. No worries, dude. It's um 
yeah, that no, was good. Good chat. Yeah, man. Take care. Yeah. All right, man. My name is Jonathan Cobbett, and this song is called Space Pads. Begin transmission. One small step for man, one giant leap for my pads! Boys and girls, I think you'll find that my pants will blow your mind. Look at my pants with the eyes in your face. My legs are covered in outer Thanks.